Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Cod Swallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking cod swallow. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay, <laughs> I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Cod Swallop podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith, Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster, and you're listening to a podcast, Talking Cod Swallop, right here, man. this week's talking cards wallop i am Gemma. i'm james and with us this week we have got an amazing guest which james found so i feel as though we should hand over the reins to yourself james to do the introduction no problem so the guest we have this for this week's episode is uh, uh, the, the best description for for our guest uh, andre daniels is he is a multi-talented threat um <laughs> uh, andre works with regard to the the comic book industry uh, and we actually kind of we met in an interesting way of doing things i was due to be guest on the reels and heels podcast and i was actually unwell so i couldn't be on it but i was lucky enough to be able to to observe and interact a bit and i was just captivated uh when he was telling us all about his work and his career and uh, he was very very nice when i reached out to say that he would come in as a guest to tell us all about the stuff he does so without further ado andre hello what is going on, everybody? I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm very, very happy that you've come on. So thank you for, for giving us your time. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. Like we were saying before we were on air, y'all got the nicest, coolest uh British accents. It's it's always refreshing to hear. Believe you me, it is refreshing. <laughs> but like we also cover it off, Mike. We haven't got an accent. You have. <laughs> <laughs> All too true. All too true. Yes, exactly. But but, but as I said, uh, Andre, you have a smooth voice. So you you I think you've got us both beaten. You have a very smooth voice. <laughs> Thanks you so much, James. I appreciate it. Uh what are you saying, James? Are you well, saying that my I accent isn't gonna, smooth yeah, and chill? <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew I was gonna get reprimanded on that. We generally try and rip into each other in accents for, for each of us, Andre. It's our, our sort of thing. We will occasionally mock, and we have a third host on who's not here this evening, uh, Joanne, who is from Northern Ireland. So we always joke that if you have all three of us on, you probably need subtitles. <laughs> ah, that's, I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> um, now, what I always like to ask is, I, I like to go with some icebreaker questions, which is, so my first question would be to you, if you won big on the lottery, like stupidly large amounts of money, what's the first mm. thing you, you would do? What's the first thing you buy or do? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I like the idea of having stupid money that's that's <laughs> the kind of money uh, I, I i like the idea of having so if i won big on the lottery 
Um, first thing I would do, um, first I'd buy a plot of land, build, um, a mansion, maybe not a mansion, but like a nice size family house and be able to like move my family into it and everything and just have like a legacy thing going on. I think I'd like to do that first and foremost. Then I think I'd, uh, build a underwater dome like i don't know if you all are familiar with like the legion of doom from like uh the super friends from way back in the day they had this mm-hmm. underwater swamp thing and their 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 uh what was what's the jump the secret base was under the swamp and then it comes up from out of the swamp and it's like a dome I think I'd like to have one of those secret lair type things. I think I would, uh, one, be spoiling myself tremendously for having one of those things. And uh, I think it would be really dope to actually have that. Hell yeah. That sounds really badass. Uh, yeah. See, see, the problem is, because there's no video, you can't see me nodding. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here to do the actual, ver- uh, you know, the the verbal reactions to things. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Because I, I I go absolutely Billy Berserk if I had that kind of money and just build something that's like so outrageous yeah that it, it's just be like like why do you have this uh because i can <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> and I think it would be really really cool <laughs> wow that definitely what about sounds you, like a Gemma? plan oh, what me? about you oh christ mm. i i just i thought that these questions were just for our guests so i didn't uh didn't plan an answer <laughs> um no i probably would go for the the property side of things as well but again not not a huge property because I don't want to spend half of my my billions, trillions, whatever, um, you know, paying for help to clean the place. <laughs> you know, oh, so, that's true. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think you know it would be quite nice. I definitely need to do a round the world trip. You know, like and spend as much time as possible. There's a, there's a lot of things that I would do basically. Uh, yeah. I mean, from from a podcast point of view, I'd buy us a few more listeners so that we can get some sponsorship and make even more <laughs> money, that. you know? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I could use a little bit of that myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all could when we're in this sort of game, can't we? <laughs> oh, believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about you, James? Um, probably, I I think my, my problem, if I, if I had lots of money through a, some like a lottery winners, a property would definitely be a purchase, but I know my weakness would be cars. I would buy several yeah. different sorts of cars, so that would be, I think that'd be where I could get into a mess where I don't know, buying more things than I ever needed. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I'd probably have to have a DeLorean, actually, even Ooh. if it's just on the driveway. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that, buying movie cars. Oh, yeah. I see you, Gemma. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Movie cars. I, I have to laugh slightly on that, Gemma, because you would actually spend most of the time with it on the driveway because they're yeah. incredibly unreliable. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I that's know. true. So my next big question for you, uh, Andre, is who do you prefer, Batman or Superman? Ooh, well, first of all, that's a really, really easy question. Um, but I'll break down why. Um, so I am a lifelong, since I came out the womb, Batman fan. Since yes. I came out the womb. Um, I was, when I, when I was born and right when I was able to read comics or watch cartoons or whatever the case may be, I saw the Bat symbol and was absolutely in love with it. 
I could not get enough. I had costumes and all the action figures and every comic book ever made. I had Frank Miller's stuff. I had when the animated cartoon came out, I got that comic run. Like I had all the Batman stuff you can possibly imagine. I used to want to craft batarangs. I used to do all types of crazy insanity because I was so in love with the idea of a normal guy becoming a god, more or less. And it is, I, I, I love the detective work. I love the fact that he's a master of all martial arts. Um, the gadgets, the car, swooning, beautiful women. It's, it, I mean, like, it, it was the epitome of everything I wanted to be as a kid. What I'm getting from that is that Superman's your favorite, yeah? <laughs> 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 you see, and, and Gemma, that's funny, but, but the thing is, like, Superman, to me, even when I was a kid, Superman was boring okay. to me. Yeah. As a kid, mm. he was boring because not only does he always win, he can do anything. So I'm not really invested in what he does because I'm like, yeah. no matter what happens, no matter what he faces, he's just going to stop holding back. I'm doing air quotes right now. You, you can't see them. Stop yeah. holding back and then win and i'm just like okay whatever boo <laughs> you know what i mean like there's no intelligence needed there's no trying to figure things out it's just you know i'm just going to be stronger than you today and i'm like all right that's lame bye bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> see i'd agree with that because the, the thing that i i too prefer batman because it's there's the dark element of it and it looks more when you read the comics, there's definitely that more psychological element. Mm. And I've just been more drawn into the Batman, for, you know, films. I mean, the whole Batman r run of things, I'm very similar to you in the fact that, you know, the comic books got me, the cartoons got me, the films, the whole thing grabs my attention more than Superman. So, but, you know, each to their own, for whoever likes each, it's all good. Yeah, my favourite's Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, went left field on me, Gemma. Went left field yeah. on me. She's got to be different, you see. <laughs> I can't. I can't resist a bad boy. You know. Come on. That's fair. That's fair. All the ladies love the bad boy, so I can't even fake on you, Gemma. I can't even fake. I mean, on I, I would say Batman's pretty bad because he beats the living crap out of people. Yeah, but, that's also know. true. But I'm always a Marvel girl at heart. You know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it's me, blasphemous. Oh my. <laughs> oh me oh my just remember who's <laughs> recording this eh that's <laughs> true and also fair, fair. And, and the other thing i have to acknowledge is you are my podcast wife so i have to you know i'm kind of gonna i've got i know which side my bread's buttered <laughs> <laughs> no but on a serious note if i had to pick between the two it probably would be batman as well for you know pretty much the same reason as uh you sort of said already you guys but um yeah because Superman is just, okay, he's the, he's kind of like the perfect hero in a way, isn't mm -hmm. he? But it's just like, okay, yeah, but you were born that way. So mm -hmm. whatever. You didn't earn it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no, exactly. there's no arc in which you're earning anything. So I, I'm immediately taken out of it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and it's interesting though, when you both just said about the, the, the difference between Batman and Superman, they want, there was like a comedy thing once on YouTube where, I mean, it was all a comedy setup, but like the guy who was doing Batman was saying, so what happened? You know, I trained for my entire life to be like this, and you get your powers from what? The yellow sun, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. You just woke up one day and you're great. 
Thanks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- there's no way for me <laughs> as a reader to uh, relate to that at at all. Like everything that that I have or have strived for, I have to get up every day and work and train mm-hmm. and sacrifice and sweat and blood and tears. And this dude woke up with it. Nah, I can't. Nah, 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 nah. There's nothing about that 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 <laughs> that screams like, "Come read me." No, no, I, yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't help. <laughs> I couldn't agree more on that. So I'm going to ask. Uh, and I, I've always wanted to ask this of somebody who's American. So All right, lay it on me. It sounds like it sounds like a bit of a. It's not a huge question to ask, but Coke or Pepsi? <laughs> All right. So I am a Coke guy. Now, maybe, yeah, I'm a Coke guy. Now. I, I originally come from a Pepsi family, which is kind of wild. Like my grandmother, she was big on Pepsi. She loved Pepsi. We would have what's called, uh, I guess you would call it Chinese takeout over there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it, yeah, we, well, we call them the carryouts. And so we would, I would go down there and get my grandma's Chinese food and a Pepsi every time to go out there and get a Pepsi. I hate Pepsi. That thing <laughs> tastes like, old tires and dirt sweat i'm telling you it does it's gross it's <laughs> gross i hate pepsi so much and see th- and so when i grew up i was like yo this is trash screw this i'm like yo well, what's the other one? Oh, coke let me try it coke is also terrible but yeah but <laughs> if you pair it with a little bit of my man, Captain Morgan's oh, rum. Oh, yeah. Now <laughs> we're getting somewhere. So, so the flavors of the Coke is actually better than the flavors of the Pepsi, but the rum burns through all the crazy sugar and all that other nonsense and just leaves that nice, nice flavoring. Then they got me. But Pepsi, oh my God, I wouldn't give this to a dog. I would not go anywhere near Pepsi for as long as I live. The only thing I use Pepsi for is to burn off battery acid. That's about it. <laughs> Pepsi can't do nothing for me at all. <laughs> you can you can also clean your toilet with it as well, you know? Oh, I bet you could. I'm certain of it. That stuff is freaking gross. I hate it. Man, ah, I, 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 look, I used to have to crack them open all the time. The smell itself made my stomach turn colors. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's even possible, but somehow it made my stomach change colors. And I'm just like, yo, I, I, get this nonsense away from me. What is this, poison? What are you trying to do, kill me? What have I done to you? You know, but nah, but Coke all the way because it's great with rum. I, I, well, then again, I guess I love rum, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah. <laughs> but, but Coke is the answer for sure. <laughs> so I was going to yeah, say, I don't I don't think we're going to be getting Pepsi sponsorship after this episode. <laughs> that's for sure. Nor do we want it, James. Nor do we want it. <laughs> but um, I was going to say as well that there's a um, well, we call them pubs, but you know, like um mm-hmm. bars you know mm-hmm. as you would call them. But there's uh, like a chain of them in this country called Weatherspoons. And okay. um, so they're just all, they're individually named, but anyway, you don't really need to know the ins and outs of that part. But um, the reason why I'm saying about it is because they have only Pepsi on, um, oh, what's it called? The 
when they press Dra- the buttons, James. Oh, draft on draft. Oh, draft. Yeah, on draft. tap okay. or whatever. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so when they are, uh, you know, they always say, "Oh, well, we haven't got Coke, but we got Pepsi. That's all right, isn't it?" And it's like, mm, if I have Ugh. to. <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, it's like really. Come on now. <laughs> we have an expression over here. It's called "death before dishonor." And that's yes. just that's that's where like mm. keep your filthy Pepsi over there. Yeah. I don't want that nowhere near me. <laughs> that also sounds like a really really cool like comic book title as well. Death before dishonor. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We're um. Uh, we. Uh, it's an expression that we use a lot, usually in um rap music. Okay. Old school rap music usually used to use that term to rec- to show how gangster or how hard somebody is. So yeah. that's always like death before dishonor, meaning like um, I'd rather die than to be humiliated in, in that way, like in the streets or in front of my family or something like that. So, But yes, I agree with you, Gemma. That would be yeah. a great comic name. And I might have to write that down and use it. <laughs> in the in the foreseeable future for sure okay well you know just don't forget my commission <laughs> oh oh I'm, I'm gonna slide you a little something under the table Jim. i'm gonna slide you a little something <laughs> a little something something <laughs> a little something yeah i've got to say i never expected so much of an in-depth response from either of you asking the question which do you prefer coke or pepsi <laughs> <laughs> it's passion it's passion <laughs> definite passion from both of you yeah um my other question is going to be, and it's, you know, like if you think about, say, spiders, things like that, what are you scared of? Ooh. Okay. I'm not really scared of anything that is physical. I have mm-hmm. a, I have a fear that's abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, my greatest fear is basically not being able to save the people I care about. Oh. That is my fear. I'll give you just something minimal, just for the sake of example's sake. Let's just say there's a burning building. Okay, let's say there's a burning building. And let's just say I'm in there and uh, let's just say uh, well, some of my family members are in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm able-bodied and I'm able to get – let's say there's three family members that's trapped. I'm able to get two out. But I couldn't save the third. That would destroy me inside. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'd be able to recover from stuff like that. That's like my biggest fear. It's like, hey, I should have been fast enough. I should have been strong enough. I should have been whatever enough in order to save people I care about from a disaster. That that's that's pretty much the biggest my biggest fear. Oh, Oh, that's a really, yeah, that's, a, you know, I mean, obviously that's a really good fear, um, but also, is there such a thing as a good fear? But, you know, it, it's also quite sad as well that you put the, that much pressure on yourself to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I can understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Cause I think any good, good person would be, feel like that really, wouldn't they? Um, so that's obviously an indication that you're a good person. There you go. Oh, well, thank you, Jim. I, I, I try my best to be. Um, it's just like, like, it's just things like that, that like, uh, I just hate thinking about it because I mean, I, like living in, like, I grew up in the inner city. So, so there's life and death scenarios that used to come up when I was young and all that stuff like that. And when you're young and you don't have the ability to stop certain bad things from happening, Mm -hmm. um, it's just like, uh, it's a feeling of helplessness. It's a feeling of helplessness because you can't do anything about it because you're a kid and, you know, you're, 
young and weak and can't do anything. So like ever since like I've seen certain things coming up when I was a kid and I'm like, man, I cannot allow something like this to happen to, you know, one of my own or, you know, some stuff like yeah. that. So, so yeah, so that's always been uh, a fear that I've always had lingering in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, whereabouts was it that you grew up? Cause, and whereabouts are you sort of, are you in the same sort of place now? Because I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to identify your accent to sort of where in America you are, if you know what I mean. So. <laughs> sure thing. Sure thing. Yeah. So I'm from Washington, D.C. Okay. Uh, um, in the good old U.S. of A. So um, we... Um, uh, so obviously, uh, everybody knows what Washington D.C. is. So, mm-hmm. um, so like, obviously, we're a city, we're the capital, um, and we it's it's a lot of um, we're like a big pool of different people. There's black folks, white folks, Asian folks. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot, lot of different folks here. But um, we used to be known as what's called the Chocolate City. Uh, so it used to be a predominantly, even now still, even though after like a lot of folks have come around, it's still predominantly, um, African-American folks that live here. Um, so technically, and I mean, technically we're Southern in a way. I mean, but we're like on the border of the South, like the rest of the South, like the Carolinas and Virginias, they don't consider us Southern, but we technically are. So it's like that. So we got that hybrid city. Southern slang, if if that's yeah. what it would be considered. Like we don't, we like we sound like some of us sound like we're, we're from New York, but we don't have the New York accent. Like yeah. we talk like New Yorkers, but not have the accent of a New Yorker. And that's just how it is. That's just, just kind of like the quote unquote accent we have. Like we have our own dialect kind of, yeah. um, but, but most of the time we don't use it around other people because they don't know what we're talking about. So <laughs> it's, it's like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's the same for this sort of country as well. So No, know. it is definitely. Yeah. Because you will get so many different styles of an accent for for an area where, uh, yeah, where everyone's got a slightly different thing and then say shortcut, you know, short shortcuts to, to words that people use, slang, things like that, wherever you go to even different areas of, say, the, of Manchester, people wouldn't have a clue what you were talking about. It's, and you see it around, yeah, so I know exactly what you mean about different changes in the way people exactly, speak. Exactly, exactly. Like, like, like in D.C., we have, um, um, there's a, we have a lot of different words that other areas don't use. Like, even though, like, like you go and meet black folks that are in, like, New York, they'll have their own slang. You go to folks mm. in DC, they have their own slang. Then you go to the Southerners, God knows what they're talking about. And like, like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it's like, and like, in the same thing, like all different, like all different colors of folks, black, white, Latino, Asian, like based on wherever you're from, especially on the East coast, like where I'm from, it's a completely different ordeal. It's a completely different style of talking. And it, and like sometimes we're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. It, it's like like one time, um, uh, I have a lot of family that's from the south, and so they'll come up, and then I was like, I said, I was like, hey, I'm about to I'm about to hit up the corner store real quick. Yo, what's good with you? So what that means is, hey, I'm about to go to this restaurant that's on the corner. What do you want from there? 
<laughs> that's what that means. Yeah. They look at me and they're like, uh, huh? What's good with me? Uh, well, uh, I went to Yale. I'm like, I, I, look, no, no, no. Like, what, like, what do you want from the store? <laughs> what do you want from the store? You know what I mean? But it's like that. It's like those type of dial, that aspect of dialect yeah. uh, because of the slangs affect how everybody communicates. So it's it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny when you have somebody that's not from around here because everyone everyone in the States has a different accent. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It, it, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It just uh, gives a bit of diversity, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That's so, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, James, are we doing the what are you scared of part or are we moving on to the next question? It's entirely up to you. Uh, would you like me to tell you what I'm scared of? Don't like spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, is Don't that why? Like <laughs> is that why when you? That's had why a, I gave the example. <laughs> is that why when you had a money spider in your hair, <laughs> you were a bit like, mm. "Ooh, I didn't like that." <laughs> you say a money spider? Oh, it's just a yeah, tiny, tiny little spider. Yeah, that we call them money spiders. I just well, generally they're like really tiny little spiders, but the nickname for them is money spiders because the idea is that. You know, some old stories that if you kill them or, well, not if you kill them, but if you see them, you, you could get money. Yeah. Uh, every time huh. I've seen them, I, I've not got money. <laughs> I've just got creeped out. Mm-hmm. They played you, James. They played you. Yeah. I was lied to. Mm-hmm. Big time. It's because it's they know that you were scared of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine would be snakes. I don't like snakes. Um, although mm. I'm really fascinated by them as well so like the fact that they can like shed their skin and stuff like that but the idea of i think i'm fine with them until they open their mouths and then Mm. it's like it's a no-go area i'm like yeah you're all right that's you know (laughs) you can you can go over that (laughs) like it's nice to see you now bye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, my grandmother she had a fear of snakes as well she uh she was very, she was petrified. Like, if you showed her a picture of a snake, you, mm. you're fitting to uh, catch a whooping. That's the, that's the way it used to be. But yeah, yeah I, I got you. I feel you. Yeah. It was like, even if I saw one on the tag, I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be, but it used to be like the case that if I even saw one on the telly, I'd have to kind of like check under the sofa and stuff like that, even though I knew that there wasn't one there. <laughs> you know, it's just like a real bad subconscious, you know, like mental thing mm. that yeah especially think- when you see it on the telly <laughs> yes because it's gonna telly. jump out of the telly isn't it <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> i know it's irrational <laughs> <laughs> so andre is it andre or andre so it is andre um okay I, i'll be honest with you i have i am not used to hearing my name fully and so okay. it's kind of it's kind of the only person that really calls me Andre is my father. Everyone else um, calls me Dre. So okay. this is uh, this is interesting hearing my name over and over again. Well, in that I'm case, like, I'm like, I'm like, oh right, that's me, right? right. <laughs> well, in that case, from this point forward, I'm only yep. going to call you Dre. Okay, that's Dre, cool. it is. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool because I, I keep. My ears keep perking up. I'm like, oh, wait, yo, that's me. Right, 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 right. Act normal, act normal. Yes. <laughs> Am I in trouble? <laughs> it's like if I'm 
if my full name is said, say like Gemma, because for the most part I'm called Gem, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, if I'm okay. if it's actually Gemma, then uh, yeah, I do tend to feel like I'm in trouble. But that's because my mum always used to shout my name. You know? mm, <laughs> so, do it. so anyway, Dre, there we go. Um, <laughs> how obviously you know we've all kind of had a bit of a crazy nineteen months, and mm. I just wondered mm. how yours have been really, and has it kind of affected any of your projects that you're doing at the moment or has it kind of opened up you know i don't really want to answer the question for you but you know it's like (laughs) has it opened any doors that you didn't expect it to open sort of thing and uh jim that's a very good question um one thing it has done um my production slowed down initially as Mm -hmm. um you know the entire world shut down so uh so initially yes um, my production, like my printing, a lot of that stuff slowed down. Um, but a golden opportunity opened up for me to have more time to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to, um, well, finish um, um, one of my initial stories. I, I actually had the creative juices to actually, you know, power through and get them all done. Um, all the edits done and stuff like that. Um, but of course, prints weren't happening. Um, all the cons shut down. So yeah. that was, you know, a real, real strong kick to the teeth. Um, and I had a, I had about five or six events lined up, um, that I was going to be going to different, uh, comic shops. Um, and I was going to be promoting my, at the time, my second issue of my, of my series, but all of those had to be scrapped. Oh. So. Obviously, that was a huge bummer, and that that was also a financial bummer yeah. at the mm-hmm. same time. So, because like I had prints put together, I had a lot of stuff, a lot of money invested in, and these moves I was gonna make because I was fitting to pull a pretty hefty profit. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, um, of course, all that fell flat. Um, so yeah, so that was a really really big bummer. But um, it gave me an opportunity to reflect on how I wanted to go forward with my creations and and my books and uh, other things like that and like seeing I, I started to pay more attention to digital platforming um because that was the only thing i could work on quite frankly yeah and i was starting to see the benefits of like hey what if i start advertising via digital and and getting it into the hands of people digitally now granted um the combo community is all about physical copies that's always the way it's been for since the beginning of time um love having the paper in our hands that's always that's always what it's like but with with you know when things change times change you got to adapt or die yeah um so it was one of those things where i had to buckle down and me and some of my partners and some of my other um colleagues that are in the comic industry were like all right we got to figure this out we got to figure out how to get our stuff out to um, our fans and the people that love our work. And like, like we have to, you know, show that we're not, you know, getting defeated um, by COVID. And so, so it started really focusing hard on digital platforming and stuff like that. And then myself, I was like, Hey, you know what? I want to start creating uh, more platforms for the comic book community and, and my own creative outlet before I go crazy. Yeah. So then I started doing um, a YouTube channel and I started, uh, um, having interviews with all my other fellow, um, creators and colleagues. Um, oh, the YouTube channel is called Brutal Plant Comics, which is the name of, 
my color production studio. So, you know, name oh, recognition. Cool. Yay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I started doing that and, and are now I'm reaching a different audience that I might not have reached before. So, um, despite the challenges that COVID had, uh, thrown at us to say the least, the, comic book community, namely the independent, independent comic community, has yeah. really um found a advantage in in um well finding a silver lining in a really, really bad situation. Um so and we're and we're able to evolve from it and now we're growing and we're, you know, bigger and better than ever before. So it's um so unfortunately we had to have such a major tragedy, unfortunately, to um for us to have an opportunity at growth. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can understand that. But um, yeah, because for myself, you know, like I don't tend to, I do read comics, but not uh, not masses really, because I'm, I've got the mindset that I'm quite a collector. So I kind of tend to try and avoid that area because I know what I'm like. And I know that if I have one issue of such and such, I'll be like, I have to have everything. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I know it's an expensive world. So I'm more of the movie side of like comic book side of things, okay. really. So oh, yeah, oh, that's okay. But um, yeah, it's actually interesting to sort of, sort of hear in a way, how it kind of how COVID did affect, you know, the comic book industry and things like that. Because you kind of i don't know as a as a you know maybe slightly naive person i suppose in my case and that's you know that's not a diss to myself i know mm-hmm. what i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah you kind of think well you know there's no reason why you can't draw there's no reason you can't type you know but actually yeah i didn't think of the fact that you know you've got the printing side of things as well haven't mm-hmm. you and you know distribution and stuff like that so yeah yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, but no, no shade on you, Jim. It's all good. Nah, it's, it's all, all good. good. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's just that I, 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 people that aren't in the industry yeah. um, wouldn't understand all the things that goes into it. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like, 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 I wouldn't know everything that goes into you know in the kitchen, like in a, in a professional restaurant. All I see is yeah. hey. Get to cooking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, but, 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 um, but of course, there's all types of other things that go into like the right percentages of seasoning and the shipping and all other stuff and yeah. getting the right meats and the right vegetables, you know, like all that other intricate things. So, so yeah, so, so it's all good. Um, yeah. it's just, um, it, it's, it, it, it's a real, it was a, it was a real blow initially, but, um, the indie scene is a real, a really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, resilient, um, yeah. um, band of miscreants you know we're um like we 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 know how to bounce back and and we and we have we have and we've um um getting stronger and stronger um every day so it's really good yeah and it, and it is interesting though also what you're saying about the impact that it's had for say looking at conventions um for people for getting the wares out because you are even seeing that now that whereas you were thinking there was an improvement to the way things were going with the conventions, you know, they were opening up. You're still seeing problems for them where people are cancelling or, you know, yeah. they're not able to book people and, yeah. you know, my heart goes out to them because it's not mm-hmm. going to be an easy thing to deal with. Yeah, it's been a real challenge. And unfortunately, I, um, would, no, not unfortunately, but actually fortunately, um, Baltimore Comic Con, which is one of the, one of the biggest Comic Cons on the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, actually, um, went, uh, it actually happened this year, which was really good to mm-hmm. see. Um, unfortunately I didn't know till as a lot of my fellow creators didn't know, um, not to the last minute did it get green lit. And then they had limited, um, uh, table space. 
And so it's like, oh, well, now we know, but now we can't get a booth. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, man, I mean, like, you know, rock and hard place, you know. And then, of mm. course, there was limitations, how many people yeah. were going in there. Then it was like, like, oh, you got to bring your last time you got your nose swabbed. And all, like, it was a lot of extra chaos that was involved and um a lot of a lot of my friends that actually were actually able to attend was like man it was really chaotic i was like i'm like uh that's not encouraging like i thought we were turning the corner but you know this is going to be a gradual thing like this is a new world we living in now yeah so you know it's it's just going to be some growing pains and just trying to adapt accordingly yeah yeah and you know we will we'll get there but it's just it's all baby steps at this moment in time because nobody really still knows what's going on do they so yeah very but, true yeah hopefully i'll get there but you know i've noticed one thing out of the questions um that i maybe should have asked this question first before i asked you how your last uh 19 months was is that could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and the back oh, and like your background oh, yeah. sort of thing and uh you know sort of your your education like and what kind of led you to the path that you're on and uh that's that's purely my questioning not your answering so don't worry um, no <laughs> no problem, no problem. So, like, like I mentioned um, a little bit earlier, um, I'm from uh, DC, and I've lived in the DC metropolitan area my entire my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I'm not used to talking about myself. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so I've, I've lived here forever. Um, I uh, grew up here. Um, as far as education goes, I um, before I got into the comic industry, I worked. Um, primarily at, in information technology, SIT, um, for oh, cool. a number of years. I went to a trade school college. I did um, some college courses while I was in high school as well. Um, then I went on to um, work as a government contractor uh, doing IT, um, and I hated it, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, I did IT for a number of years. Uh Good God, did I hate it. But anyway, in the, in the midst of all that insanity, I started writing uh, my first novel, which sucked, by the way, um, <laughs> big time. Um, it was called Pandemonium. Um, it was supposed to be like a dystopian future in which um, uh, children are then are when a moment they're born, they're taken from their parents. They're raised in some basically a fascist ideology and they, be, they become foot soldiers. And the first thing that they have to do to prove their loyalty is to kill their parents. Oh, that wow. Was, that's what I was writing. The premise sounds really great, right? But yeah. let me tell you something. I sucked back then. So it did not come out the way I wanted. So basically, there's supposed to be this character named Sully Dead who was born with a mental, well, not really a disorder, but a mental, I'm gonna call it disorder, but he, yep. he um, was able to, but he's able to recall everything from his birth till when he was um, a teenager. So he can remember absolutely everything his eyes had laid on. So even though he was born, he saw his mother, he saw his father, he saw everything he, he sees and all that information comes in and he is the first one to not kill his parents and so that so that starts and he sparks a rebellion against the fascist regime and that was the story it really sounds cool i might have to revisit it and do it over because god knows i sucked back then and i i i i trashed it um 
But yeah, I mean, but yeah, anyway, I, I get emotional about that one because that one pissed me off so much because yeah. it was say, such a good I'd idea. I'd say revisit. I would say yeah. revisit because that sounds bloody brilliant. I yeah. think it's a story that would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, and, and I, I was thinking the same thing, James. I was like, yo, this thing is, I, like when I wrote, like I first started writing it when I was in high school. So when I was in high school, I took writing, you know, writing language, um, a creative writing courses while I was in high school and stuff like that. Cause I was like, oh, oh man, this is going to be a really good idea. This is brilliant. I'm great. And I'm like, oh my God. Then I like, I, as I kept looking back and I was like, oh my God, this is trash. Oh my God, it's garbage. But then again, writers were, were always our biggest critics at the same time. Mm. So yeah. I might, you know, in the near future, like once I finish my, my current, series run i might revisit pandemonium because now i'm much older and much and, and i've evolved so much as a writer that i can actually put that story together and it might be as uh james put bloody brilliant and i think i might be able to, <laughs> to pull something off there yeah Excellent. absolutely absolutely and the thing is as well is that your first attempt at anything is never going to be good do you know mm. what i mean it's Agreed. um and i think that's the case for anything that you do like if you went back and you listened to the first episode of this podcast it was horrendous like it's just me talking to myself about crap like i mean it's not the concept hasn't changed much to be honest but you know, <laughs> it's like when i edited it it's um i literally took out every sort of breath that i had so i sound like a robot it's it's horrendous it's the worst thing you know but at the same time it shows how far you've grown doesn't it yeah, so yeah, yeah absolutely know. yeah we can safely say the podcast improved when she got the co-host you know yeah it, Andy, it was good yeah. Yeah. oh who sorry a nice a nice little humble brag i, see there. I like it i like it I like it. I'm all in. <laughs> but if I'm you noticed, in. I smacked it away with another yeah. man's name. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? Shocking. The way I'm treated. <laughs> I'm gonna <The> buy disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy you a violin for Christmas. <laughs> a tiny violin. You gotta yes. get the baby one. Yeah, that's nice. it. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's pretty much um where my where I kind of just start off with writing and then then just pushing forward, you know, I've always had, um, a love for literature. Um, mm -hmm. when I was a, ever since I was a little boy, um, I've like, I had older, uh, family members I lived with and they were big comic collectors. We would go to, um, actually the same comic place I've been going for 30 years. Uh, I'm still going to Alliance comics, which is one of my favorite, um, comic shops of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where I bought my first, uh, comic book from was alliance comic which was a warner brothers crossover of batman and pinky and the brain oh and wow oh. <laughs> whoa yeah. <laughs> yeah oh i've got it i've got to look oh wow you see when you yeah. said a crosser i think is it going to be like the, the you know the the dc marvels thing but i gotta find that, that yeah, it, got it was the first comic i ever bought and i was like oh my god it's the greatest thing of all time it was uh it was a lot of fun it was really goofy um but i was always inspired by um the literature that i was reading um uh, there was also writers and poets in my family um, mm -hmm. who are also, um, obviously have creative bones in their body that also help inspire me. 
Um, so, you know, all that stuff from my upbringing really start leading me on the current path I'm on now. Sounds good. I was curious. I'd heard this a bit, uh, Dre, when I, when I was lucky enough to watch you on Reels and Heels, but what would you, what really kind of influenced you, uh, when you get into the world of comics? What, what would you say really influenced you the most? So I've had a lot of major influences. So, um, one of them, I'm going to just go ahead and shout him out. Um, it was a writer named Sean McKeever. Um, he wrote a, um, a comic series called Treb- oh, Treble. That's mine. <laughs> he wrote a comic series <laughs> called Sentinel. <laughs> called Sentinel um, back in 2003, um, in which it was an offshoot of um, like the X-Men. Um, yeah. But it basically was following a story about a young boy who grew up very poor and he lived in a junkyard with his parent, with his, with his father and his brother. And he ends up coming across a destroyed sentinel. Um, they, and, the, um, for, for all your listeners out there, just in case you're not familiar with X-Men, um, sentinels were robots that hunted down, <clears throat> hunted down mutants. Ah, okay. Um, and so obviously, you know, fear, <laughs> you know, is going to mm. come up in your head. Yeah. But he repairs the, this giant robot. And it becomes, and he programs it to be his friend and his buddy. And they become, uh, it, it becomes like a dynamic duo type thing. It's like, like he wants to become popular at school, but at the same time, the government is looking for this robot. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it, so it ends up becoming like a cat and mouse mystery thing. But at the same time, it's a coming of age story. The action is great. The characters are so well developed. Like, it feels real. Like, it feels like if I was there, it would be a real thing. Because all the, because like when you see characters like that, well, well, comics like that, usually it's really outlandish and crazy. But no, all these characters are really grounded and they feel like real people. And I was like, yo, this is it. This is, this is what is really, really touching me right now. And I really, really love, um, stories like that. That really, really influenced my writing. Now, as far as create, creators are concerned, I was also mm-hmm. um, inspired by a lot of, you know, Hall of Famers uh, like, uh, like, uh, oh my God, my brain. Come on, brain. <laughs> Why does my brain not work today? Uh, Frank Don't Miller. Worry, this happened, that you know, happens to me a lot. You know, that happens like to me writers, a lot. Like Frank Miller and Tom yeah. King, you know, like, like Hall yeah. of Famers. Of course, I've read all their stuff. So I'm like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. also influenced by that. But, but that was one of the, the, that was like the book or series that really got me over the hump creatively because I wanted to have grounded characters that felt real, even in a surreal world that I was building. And, and I, and I really, um, took a lot of inspiration from that. And, um, uh, there was, um, inspired by like one, I love film. I'm a huge film guy. Okay. I love movies. Um, like even movies from like, thousands of years ago at this point talking Casablanca or Citizen Kane or or uh the uh, uh like uh, Ben Hur like 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 films like that like like deep yeah. character um building uh films like that like I I have a lot of inspiration from stuff like that and and uh it just it just helps me um creatively have a direction and I really um really do appreciate it and the idea of having a comic book that has the, the I mean with the central they are the quintessential bad guys. To it, I can see why that comic would appeal to you because it turns it on the head, doesn't it? This idea exactly. of actually somebody wants to have this this person as 
well, person, this character, this this robot as a friend, which mm-hmm. is not. If you ever look at just the Sentinels from the point of view of X Men, they are simply just a tool to destroy and wipe out the X-Men. But exactly. to actually have it as, as someone wanting the, the robot to be more is, yeah, I can see why that, gra- why that definitely grabbed your attention. Yes, um, it definitely did. And, like, the main protagonist, like, like I always resonate with underdogs. I love mm-hmm. underdogs. Like, someone that, it, when, when you see just life is just hitting them across the face yeah. every single time, you want to see them get a win in. And the moment they get a win in, it's so satisfying. It's yeah. so satisfying to see them get a win that you can't help but cheer. Like, I, 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 like I grew up being a huge wrestling fan. I, I grew up mm-hmm. loving um, pro wrestling um and seeing like the underdog get the win and the cheer and all this stuff like that's that's the yeah. that's the stuff I've always been into. I've always loved seeing that someone that's not supposed to be where they're supposed to be but somehow some way things just finally line up the right way for them. I love that type of stuff and um ironically, which is actually kind of strange, um the character my main protagonist of my ongoing series trouble is not that guy <laughs> it is, it is he's not that guy he's not the underdog i made him to be like a popular type of guy but the but his rogues gallery are mm. all those types of people and that's why i think i resonated so well even when i was writing this main protagonist i was like hey i don't want him to be the underdog i want all of his villains to be so that the audience, I love having an audience connect with an antagonist. I love having them connect with an antagonist that's like, like, hope, like, oh man, he's not really a bad guy. He's just in a bad situation. And I, I think all the experience that I've had has kind of led to me writing in that way. I mean, that you've already answered one of my questions. I love oh, that no. when someone, so no, no, I like that. I like when somebody almost preempt, you know, you preempt because I was going to ask you about the current work you're doing. And, but I agree with you also that a lot of the time when I watch a film um, or a TV show or whatever, I actually find myself siding more with the villain. I find the villain, the more interesting character because Generally, the I mean, the villain in anything never sees themselves as the villain, do they? They think that what mm-hmm. they're doing is right or it's mm-hmm. whatever their motivation is. They never see themselves as the bad guy. But I always find them to be far more interesting and to have mm-hmm. more dimension to them a lot of the time. Than, yes. you know, I mean, think about, say, the Joker. Yeah. We don't know mass about the Joker, but that's the thing that probably makes him more interesting because... It's just zany. Well, zany is maybe the wrong word, but it's this mm-hmm. complete craziness that yeah. can yeah. go anywhere. And and, and you know, once again, I I gotta agree with you on that, James. Because um, what I love about antagonists is that they are the characters that are having fun. Mm. The yeah. protagonist is more of the straight. You feel me, Jim? Yeah. Like like the the protagonist is more of the straight edge. Um, like hey, you're doing the right thing and. People are supposed to like you. They're the face. They're the face. Yeah. I want the heels I, because they're the ones that give the protagonist a better character arc. Mm. If it was just if the villain is milk toast, your book, your book is going to be real or story, whatever movie, TV show is going to be really, really boring. 
But if you got an antagonist that's just out there having fun wreaking chaos or is maniacal and meticulous and, and is, and is trying to rule the galaxy with an iron fist, mm. like that is interesting because now that forces the protagonist to change up the things that they're doing in order to find a way to win. You don't get that with a lousy antagonist. So I'm a big villains guy. I love villains. I love bad guys. A lot of people clown me. But I'm like, hey, I love it when a bad guy wins. I love it when a bad guy wins. I'm totally there. And I suspect that's also what makes Batman that be more interesting as a character over, say, Superman. Because easily Batman could be a villain. Oh, you know, yeah. He's, dark, he's, got, he's got the dark side. He's incredibly violent. And he's mm-hmm. got this really messed up scarred psyche whereas if you look at say superman what is he you know he's 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 white bread wonderful mm-hmm. happy you know milk toast great yeah milk you yeah i was just thinking he's the milk toast guy he's the you know it's the you know look at me you know the hands on the hips thing whereas batman if you were spending enough time just probably sat in a room with batman without him doing stuff he'd make you uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah and i and i really like that i mean like it's it's like anti heroes like uh, Jim's favorite Deadpool, <laughs> um, <laughs> like anti heroes. I enjoy them in bursts, like mm-hmm. bursts, like like a like a Punisher or uh, or maybe Cable from the X Men, like 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 those type of characters. I think are good in bursts. Like hey, they're here for a minute, then they can get up out of here. But to follow a whole arc on an anti hero. That that takes me out because I don't believe they should be used that way. I think they should be used just like, hey, check out this cool thing that this guy that walks the line of craziness or hero or heroism is doing. And then like, all right, he's done. Get him out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and, and that's why I love like just full on villains because they're here to stick around and they're here to actually push like character story arcs forward. Yeah, it's kind I, of like. I'll in- you're sorry, sorry. Go on, uh, no, 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 it's fine. Um, I was going to say it's kind of like um, still sticking with like the MCU kind of thing, but um, the you know, like the fact of like Loki, like, like everybody, you know, quite a lot of people love Loki because he's the baddie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, because he is a villain, and like like when, yeah. when we look at the MCU, and I'm glad you brought that up, Jim, because when you look at the MCU. The majority of the villains in the MCU suck eggs. They suck. <laughs> Overwhelming majority of them are yeah. trash. And Loki's this is the really end of good? this episode. Oh, no, oh, no, Jim. <laughs> no, Jim, it's fine. I'm joking. Let, let me help you. Let me help you. See, this is the thing. Like, Loki, Loki was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. That is why everybody gravitated to him so much because he was a villain villain. Like, he was dastardly and gross and, and had a plan and he was... He was, he was evil. So that's what made him great. All the other villains up to that point pretty much sucked. Yeah. Kill, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that? Uh, da, 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 da. Iron Monger from the first Iron Man? Garbage. Yeah. Um, uh, what was that? Whiplash? Garbage. Um, uh, Yellow Jacket? Garbage. Like, like all these villains that, that they just keep throwing at us are garbage. But Loki was tremendous. Yeah. And Thanos was tremendous. Yeah. Like these are villains that you not only do you want to some in, in Thanos case you want to see succeed. Um he, but there there are someone that are actually pushing the story forward and actually making the protagonist 
do things that are actually cool or do things that do actually mm-hmm. push the story forward. Mm-hmm. The rest of the villains were absolute trash. But that's why Loki was put on a pedestal so yeah. high in the air because he was just so great. And uh, Tom Hiddleston, Tom yeah. Hiddleston, he, his portrayal was absolutely brilliant. And so, and, 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 and like a lot of people was like, oh, heroes are great. Heroes are great. What good is a hero if there's no real villain? And, yeah. and that, and that, and that is what drives me. I love villains that matter. Yes. Yeah. It was, it, it was, there was an interesting element though when you talk about, you know, well, well we're going back to sort of talk about the, the difference between the hero and the villain. There was a, a run of comic books fairly recently with, with Spider Man where they kind of showed you the real, what I would consider the reality of, with all the power and the ability Spider-Man had, where he embraces his darker side. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, if, if memory serves me, he's got the symbiote suit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's like he's gone sort of full evil and he's killing people. And it was, I just read it, I thought, wow, this is yep. this is good stuff. It, yeah. It, I think it's a fairly recent one. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and like, that's what, Everybody loves the black suit. Like everybody loves the black suit because yeah. of the element of surprise that may that, that that may be revealed because we already know what that black suit represents. We know that it's about being unhinged and unbridled, mm. untapped rage and power. And then we have Spider-Man who we know is traditionally a hero, a mm. regular mm-hmm. everyday post put a poster on your child's wall hero. And then you're going to yeah. have him do things that are completely unheroic. And you have no choice but to be like, oh, my God, this is so interesting because this isn't what Spider-Man does traditionally. Yeah. So it really it, it gets the it gets the um, attention of the reader every single time. Yeah. And I think for me, what I also liked in that is that I looked and thought this is probably realistic as to what you do. If something because I, I, I'm going off my memory, but I think he, he basically uh, decides he's going to kill somebody, that it's all gone too far. And I'm thinking, but this is the reality of what would happen if you have that much power. Because the thing that I always find odd with Spider-Man is all the power he's got, he's, he's still, he's a bit wussy. You know, he's not, yeah. he's always got the, the Superman say moral code thing. And, and to see it put on its head of what I think in reality would happen, because I always question, you know, if Superman was real, the re- I honestly don't think with all the built-in power he would be the, uh, the this great, wonderful stand-up person. I think it would be mm-hmm. like we saw in the Injustice setup where he basically says, I'm drawing the line here. It will mm-hmm. be what I want it to be. Exactly. Or a bit like a bit like that um, TV series, I've forgotten what it, it was called. Oh, oh um, Homelander. Yes. From, uh, yes. Yeah, he would oh. be a bit like Homelander. Yeah. I found myself siding with him. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good series. Like the com, they, like they strayed from the comic a bit, which obviously they had to because certain things <laughs> they just can't put on screen. Lord <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, but I really like that series as well. And I was wondering, Dre, with regard to the current work you, work you do and the people you're working with, um, how do you go about attracting new people to that? And has it, and so, also, has it been a challenge in the, because, I mean, Gemma asked the question about the impact COVID has had. Has there been more of a challenge to bring in people during the so, pandemic? So, as in bringing people to view the product or to be a part of the, or be a part of the project? Both. Both. Okay. All right, cool. Um, 
I'll take the uh, attracting people to the project. Well, um, to be a part of it. Let me let me start off with mm-hmm. that one. Um, okay. luckily for me, um, I am pretty much a one man show except for one aspect, and that is the art. My mm-hmm. art. Uh, I might as well just make stick figures with smiley faces. <laughs> um, that would be the best I can do. Um, yeah. Luckily for me, I um, um, I do everything in house: writing, direction, production, editing. I do everything in house. Well, you um, had to leave something for somebody else then. In that case, something. Didn't you? Yeah, just a, just one little thing, Jim. I got I got to spread the wealth a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but my artist is uh, Federico Avila Corsini. Um, he is one of the best indie artists in the game. Um, luckily for me, um, I feel very proud to be able to get him exposure in the States, um, from the work that we've been doing over the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm really happy that he's finding, uh, even more work and stuff like that from them seeing the projects that me and him have been working on over the last few years. So I'm really, really happy to see that he's getting more work. So mm-hmm. that, that, that fills my heart with joy. Um, um, so luckily for me, in regards to attracting people to work on pro- projects has never been a problem. Um, a lot of people, uh, artists and stuff have been reaching out to me like, Hey, we want, uh, Hey, are you, are you, are you doing more stuff? Like, are you writing more stuff? Because like in the, com- in the writing community, I- I'm not famous by any stretch, but you know, but I'm well known. Like, and like mm. those that have seen my work or have read my books or seen my shows on YouTube, they're like, Oh, Andre has good work and he knows how to, he knows how to write. He knows how to do all these things. He, he's a guy I want to, I would like to work with in the future, which I, I, I have as a badge of honor. Yeah. It's a badge yeah. of honor to have, um, to, uh, to be looked uh, at in that way f- to my peers. So, so in that regard, haven't had much of a problem as far as attracting people to, um, two projects. If I ever started up a new project, that <laughs> no, that that wouldn't be but two minutes, and that <laughs> there would be folks lining up. So that's really really good. Now, as far as attracting people to my work, um, as far as customers are concerned, mm-hmm. that um has always been a challenge. Um, um, like there are regulars that have known my work for for quite some, quite some time and have always been able to support, but there is a lot of competition i'll call it like it is there's a lot of competition out there um yeah. for for those that are indie creators like 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 we view ourselves as the farmer's market we view ourselves as the farmer's market mm-hmm. um like we're, we're all here to help each other we're all building each other up if you got oranges i got apples you know what i'm saying yeah but at the same time i if somebody has five bucks to spend i would rather you spend it with me Yes. Than the guy next to me, you know, that's just the reality. Um, so that mm-hmm. it's, um, the competition can be fierce when it comes to, um, independent creators. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, um, it, it's not like we're like, you know, the big two or, or any other established studio. Like we're not Marvel, DC, IDW or Dark Horse. We're not, we're not any of these people. I like, like we're us and the companies that mm-hmm. we've created. Um, so we, we don't have big marketing campaigns and be able to put billboards up or, or hire a bunch of, uh, cosplayers to, you know, do our stuff. Like, like, so we got to do things that are very creative, which is always, you know, cool. But at the same time, it is a challenge. It definitely yeah. is a challenge, um, when trying to attract, um, uh, the buyers because they're all, they're, they're being, 
you know, flushed with all types of information, yeah. all types of like, oh, well, this studio is working on this and, and check out this one and this one. And then like, sometimes like, oh my God, where do I start? You know, so yeah. it's, so that's always, that's always um a challenge there. Uh, for sure, James. Do things like, um, you know, like uh, you get like free comic book day and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, um, sort of giving your product away or part of it away, you know, like if it's just like a couple, first couple of, I don't know. I, I don't know, but you know, like if <laughs> if you um, you know, like if you if you give it away as a sample, that's the word mm-hmm. I was looking for. Um, does that sort of help boost an yes, audience? Yes, it does. Um, I've well, a lot of us over the years have used like well, usually free comic book day. Um, usually works well for the the shops themselves. Yeah. Um, um, but as far as the the idea of it, the idea of it, the principle behind it of like, hey. I'll give you a digital copy of my first issue for free. You know what I'm saying? Like that, mm-hmm. like, like hook, like, like your hook line. So definitely, um, that helps. And actually, I'm actually in the midst of actually trying to get that set up on my digital platform as we speak. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, actually, um, because th- there's been a few that I've given digital copies to, like, um, other, like people that supported my work and things and stuff like that. Hey, like, hey, you like this about my work here? Here's my here's my here's a free digital copy of of my first issue. Tell me what you think and whatever. But um, the same thing like 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 if you go to uh, I, I I don't know how your food courts work over there in the UK, but um, like in ours in our in our food courts over here in our malls and stuff like that, there's always somebody out giving out free samples of like General Sow chicken or something like that, and. Um, <laughs> And so you try, you, you go, it's like on a little stick or something, and then they hand it to you, and then you eat, like, oh, snap, this general style chicken is pretty good. Now I'm going to get in line and order some more, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like, um, so yeah, Jim, um, that I believe is a very, very good business model in general for, um, uh, for what we do, especially in the independence community. I think it's huge that we definitely get out there and give tastes. Yeah. to um pr- prospective people that want to um that are looking to buy our product um so because like sometimes um it's it, it's hard it's hard out here it's hard in these streets so it's um it's it's always a challenge but that's definitely um one way um that i that i believe is actually very effective good but you keep it's, going it, it, i mean it's, <laughs> it's very interesting to hear how it how the impact it has on some, you know, for producing things for the, for the people who are independent, because unfortunately, probably most people only ever think the really big stuff, and they don't think of the hard work that has to be put in by people such as yourself who are doing this independently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a grind, and and that's why it, it's important for you to love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I love writing stories. I love creating comic books. I don't do this for the for the cash. The cash is great. Make no mistake. Please send me your what, what do you what do you have? Quid pounds, whatever it is pound, I got going yes. on. Yeah. So like I'm all down with that. Um, but <laughs> if that but if that doesn't happen, I'm still proud and I feel happy about the work that I am producing. Like there's a great deal of pride that needs to be put into the creative process, especially when you're independent, because the 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 cash might not be flowing like milk and honey. It just yeah. might might not do that. You might put forth all the effort in the known world and come up short. It's the reality. It's the reality of the game. Like like we don't have major sponsors and yeah. and Coke and Pepsi. Well, not Pepsi. I don't. I don't want. That. <laughs> 
but but we don't have we don't have we don't have those big backers that be like oh even if you fail you're still gonna get a a check from these people that people it's it's not it's not how it works so but you have to have a love for the game you have to have a love for this in order to keep going because i've known a lot of creators a lot of talented people talented talented creators that have fell by the wayside because they've been, they be, they become discouraged by yeah. like, oh man, I put so much work into this and that or whatever, but then it just comes up short and I, and now I'm, it, it didn't work out and now I quit and I, I've seen it. I've seen some of the most talented people that, in my, my personal opinion, some of the most talented writers it, in comics, period, um, just be like, no, nah, I just can't do it anymore. Cause it is a grind and it is a grind mm-hmm. never ends. Um, but but you gotta do it for the love of the game. That's 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 the bottom line. I love do it for the love. Now I've heard other people saying the same thing that I've spoken to who are in the creative field. You know, sort of film filmmakers or writers who said the same thing that you see too many people who have put the time and effort in who have become very jaded and bitter from it, and they it, they just stopped doing it. But they were producing these things that were excellent, and it's just not gone as they hoped, or things haven't been as well received, or whatever, and they've just stopped. And it, it yeah, it, as you said, it's got to be something you love, and you've just got to keep slugging away, I guess. Yep, yeah, that's that's the bottom line. Got to got to keep on pushing. Yeah, like I think we said at the very beginning. It's a very similar industry as what we're doing. Well, not industry because it's we don't get any money for it. But you know what we're doing is very similar in comparison. Mm. You know, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I'm, yeah, absolutely. Too many. I other mean, I was holding out. out I was, <laughs> I was holding out for that sweet Pepsi sponsorship, but you two have taken it and beaten it. And- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. No Pepsi for you. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. You're not gonna see that cash. Make no mistake about it. <laughs> <laughs> good because we don't want it do we <laughs> um i was also just thinking that you know with regards to uh you know like you sort of said that you've worked with people before but is there anybody sort of anybody that's like a hero of yours or anything like that that you would like to work with you know like it could be like a comic you know or or work on a comic that you know there's been in the past or in the present or anything like that so mm, that's a good that, that's a good question um hmm i think me personally mm. i don't think i would want to work with another writer i don't think i'd want to do that um yeah i think um i would want to work with someone that's on a different creative plane and and then create a comic based off of that type of experience like for instance I think I would like to work with like Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Someone, yeah. someone that's dripping with creative juices that are so out of this world. I think I want to work with him to create a comic book. Mm. Um, because he has the creative direction that very few directors have ever had, period, to say the least. Um, and, and like, I think I can learn so much from the, how he, um, can critique. And how he can direct, so he can guide my writing hand to be even better than it is is right now. Yeah. Um. To craft an even more beautiful vision of uh of of whatever it is we will work on, and I think that would be the bee's knees. Um. Like a lot of folks that um like in my in my circle, they were they they mention a lot of 
other, you know, like Clay Man they would want to work with, or you know, like Frank Miller, or or you know, and the, and the list goes on and on and on. Tom King, you know, all the Hall of Famers, like, like oh yeah, I would, I would love to work with them and all that stuff. I'm like, nah, nah, because I want to see my vision look better. I wouldn't want conflicting visions to try to become yeah. one. I wouldn't want that because that because we see it all the time. When there's too many cooks in the kitchen, you get a hot mess. And yeah. that is not okay with me. Like I like, like hey, it's my vision, but I have a professional that's that's so that's far ahead of me that they're able to critique my vision in a way that makes it flawless. That is something that I would want to do, like like something like that. Mm. Well, Stephen, if you're listening, um, you know we highly recommend. Um, but now I can, you know, maybe he could. Uh, was it Pan Pandemonium? Uh, what was it? Your um, book that you first wrote? Oh, oh, oh Pandemonium. <laughs> Pandemonium. Yeah, sorry, for some reason I can't say the word. But um, yeah, maybe you could work with him on that, and then um, get that all worked into place. Call me, Stephen. Call me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's an avid listener. He always listens. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. But I think, to be honest, Ray, that is one of the best answers I've heard to that question because you looked at it perfectly saying, I do not want someone to mess around with my creation, but I want somebody who can support me in making it better. And I think that was yeah. just brilliant way of looking at it. Yeah, and I, and I think I think that's the way it should be. That's just, not, not saying that my, my way is the way, but I... I see, I, 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 when I look at film and I look at movies and I look at theater even, like when there's one writer, things are smooth because you can see a consistent vision of what is yeah. going on. Whether it, whether the vision is good or not is subjective, but you can see a consistency of what story is trying to be told. Well, there's a bunch yeah. of different cooks. The story will be like, okay, we're going one way. Oh, zigzag. Now we're going this way. Oh, now we're going this way. Now me as an audience, yeah. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like I thought, I thought yeah. we were going left, and now we're going right, and now we're underwater. You, you better explain something to me. What's happening here? And then it takes me out of the experience. And now I'm like, well, I guess I saw it. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> mean, like, well. It was a thing, and that's not the experience I want to have when I'm either reading something or going to a film or watching something. I want to have an experience in which I I, I see the writer's vision. Yeah. Whether I like it or not is, you know, up to debate, but I want to see someone's complete vision. But you, I mean, you're spot on what you said about that thing of changing the, you know, the having too many people involved because you can see it on two Big, you know, when big films came out where there'd been a sudden swerve in the director, they maybe changed the director and the, mm. it creates this muddled, confusing mess. And the two great examples I can think of are the solo, the Han Solo film, oh, and what boy. happened with Justice League. Because oh, uh, I'll just say, stick your fingers in your ears for a minute, Gemma, because she's not a fan of the <laughs> Justice League films, but I saw. I am. I don't, I don't mind watching them. It's just how much you. <laughs> we need to get this out in the open, 
right now is because uh, James sometimes does like movie reviews for, within the podcast, and I was trying to encourage him to move away from DC for a little bit <laughs> to kind of get some other films going. You know, like there's there's so many other genres of films out there, and then come back to DC another time. But James seems to think that I'm battling him on actually doing DC. So I wanted it out there on the yeah, podcast I mean, I- so that everybody could hear. <laughs> I can't help that John and I just gravitate towards DC stuff. But what I, what I was just going to say is that the the whole thing of having a vision messed with was the great example with the Justice League film because yeah. when it first came out in its first release, I thought what was done to it, I'm, I just remember sitting there thinking, oh my God, this is terrible. Whereas when I got to finally see Snyder's vision, I was very, very impressed and very happy. Exactly. And you can just sort of see where things get messed up too much without somebody being able to pilot things properly. Exactly. And you and that that's, that was a perfect example, um, James, because that oh, man, oh God, I hate uh, the first Justice League movie so much. I almost threw up in the theater. That jump was so bad. <laughs> I just oh. could not father I I remember watching it. I'm just like what have I just seen? Yeah. That jump was hard to watch. Oh my god! It was like watching a seal get beat with a baseball bat. It's like, like, bruh, yo, it's dead, man. Stop hitting it, bruh. Let's just stop, man. Hey, Dre, I'd argue watching the seal be beaten might be marginally more, you know, entertaining and enjoyable. But you know, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> no, James, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what kind of films do you like, actually, then, Dre? Uh, what kind of genres and stuff? Okay, so genres, I love action-adventure. I love action-adventure, yep. um, which is, you know, easy. Um, but I also um, like thrillers. Now, like, I like thriller films. I'm not a fan of horror films that much. But I love thriller films, like ones that have that intensity without the nonsense cartooniness of a slasher or some type of monster mm-hmm. entity, you know. Um, yeah. Thrillers like, uh, let's make something simple, a psycho, like like movies like Psycho, <laughs> yep. um, you know, that's a thriller. Movies like Secret Window, like like the, the movies like that, I really, really enjoy those films. I like Secret you Window. Like that, you like that movie, Jim? Yeah. yeah. I, I like that I like film it. too. Yeah, yeah, like thrillers like that. But action adventure is my bread and butter. I am not a fan of period pieces, but one of my favorite period piece movies, I, I honestly I have to be as honest, is one of my favorite movies of all time, is 2002's The Count of Monte Cristo. I okay. love yeah. that yeah. film. My God, my God, do I love it. It, it I oh, I gush about that film so much. Um, because one, it's a revenge story that's classy. Mm. I like classy oh, okay. revenge. Because usually when you have a revenge, usually somebody killed your your family or whatever. Now you're you're gonna shoot up everybody and kill thousands to till you get to the final person, <laughs> and then like you yeah. kill my family, now I'm gonna kill you. You know, like like the traditional revenge. But this was a classy revenge, and it, it's about like like as as it's said in the film, which is my fate, one of my favorite lines in the history of cinema. Um, Jacopo, who is, um, the Count's right hand man, he asked, mm-hmm. like, okay, you got all this treasure. What are you going to do with it? He said, 
I'm going to go and take my revenge. He said, Jacopo says, okay, cool. Who are we going to kill? Let, let's, 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 let's go do it. And we can spend, and we're going to spend this treasure. And Edmund Dantes, he looks at Jacopo and he says, death is too good for them. They must Ooh. suffer as I have suffered. I'm like, oh Lord, here we go. And then he systematically yeah. destroys their lives. And it's so good. It tastes so sweet. And, <laughs> and, and then, but at the end of it all, he does see that what he's doing in and of itself is vanity. So he still learns mm. a lesson despite the fact that he's doing what, because all the terrible things that happened to him that, throughout that film, oh my God. And, but mm. he still feels that what he is accomplishing is vanity. And even at the very end, he tries to turn things around. It's like, you know what? I've done enough. It's time to stop this. But then his hand is forced to proceed with the final aspect of his revenge. And it is so good. It's so well written, so well acted. It is a tremendous film. I cannot, oh my God, I'm sweating. I, I, I cannot <laughs> praise that film enough. I love it so very much. So as far as period piece, actually one, that's one of my favorite films yeah. of all time. It's one of my Mount Rushmore. It's one of my Mount Rushmore films. Um, so it's, it's really good. But then of course it's action adventure. Like my favorite action adventure movie of all time is The Dark Knight, which is, you know, an easy layup. Everything about that movie is great. Uh, Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies of all time. Heath Ledger's performance is the Joker. Um, yeah. like, like the, the ideology behind what's happening, the idea that no, no matter how good you are, how bad you are, it's all a crapshoot. It's all a gamble. It's all a yeah. flip of the coin. Nothing you do actually matters because all you just have to be is that it's just your day. It's just mm -hmm. your day for something bad to happen. And then everything you built doesn't even matter anymore. So I personally, I, 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 I personally related to it. So that's, that was a dark time yeah. in my life, but whatever. That's neither here nor there, but it's, but like, but I love, like, like I mentioned before, I love film, but also makes me very critical. It makes me extremely critical of film. So it's a love hate relationship with it. So yeah, but I can gush for like three days straight about all the, the movies that I love. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, with those two, and like my favorite Western technically is Logan. Um, one of the greatest films. Once again, on my Mount Rushmore. Great movie. Oh man, those movies are good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd put The Crow up. Ooh, there, the original ooh, one. Very good. Yeah. Ooh, Jim. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That's yeah, a good one. I love that film that's so a very much. Good movie. Um, I haven't seen the remake. Oh, well, not the remakes, but the sequels, the prequels, whatever they're called. But um, don't wait. Don't yeah, waste your time. Don't, 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 do it for yourself. don't hurt yourself. <laughs> the, see, they keep trying to make a uh, uh, to remake it, don't they? I think they got yeah. reasonably close with Jason Momoa. I've seen yeah. some sort of stuff from. I think with him in makeup or whatever. But it's yeah, it's not, I don't think it's going to work. I think they'd be best. There are certain films that you should never remake. Um, I agree. I think Crow yeah. is definitely within that that that. that box of films you should never touch exactly yeah, it's also kind of maybe a little bit disrespectful in a way to brand it, it was brandon, it was brandon Lee, Lee, was Lee, yeah. yes yes yeah yeah because i mean you know he died on the film mm -hmm. you know you have a little bit of respect that you know he obviously enjoyed the film that much you know yeah, what i mean it was an accident yeah you know obviously a recent accident's happened as well but we won't touch upon that because we try to stay a little bit more comical than that but you know it's it's got to have been 
you know, it's it's heartbreaking when somebody dies on a movie set Definitely. or a you know like or let's face it anywhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think it's in some ways it's kind of disrespectful to him to remake it. So leave it alone. Leave I it agree alone. with you, Jim. Leave it alone. Yeah, because man, that's a good movie, and they yeah. But 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 this is this is where we are where we are in Hollywood. Be be thankful you all are across the pond. All right, because it because it's uh the film industry <laughs> over here is getting is getting dark. So like they're just yeah. trying to remake. No, nothing is new. Everything is rehashed, yeah. remaked, reprinted, recooked. It's mm-hmm. all it's all just rinse and repeat. Vomit, eat, vomit. It's 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 no no no. It's it's falling apart and it's getting real grim and and. And namely, the American audience finally are waking up to it, and they're like, "Like, nah, this is garbage. We're just going to go back and watch the old ones." And like, it's getting, it's getting to that point. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah. So, leave the crow alone. Um, it's a fine film. Leave it be. Because next, next thing you know, they're going to remake Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. Why not? I mean, let's just remake yeah. everything. Forget it. Casablanca. Let's just do that over. Yeah. Why not? Let's just why, why no. stop? Why stop there? Why stop <laughs> there? If, that, uh, I mean, it, it's yeah. nowhere in the same sort of thing as, you know, Casablanca and Gone with the Wind, but if they remake The Breakfast Club, I give in. I'm <gasps> defeated at that point. And yeah. if they yeah, ever if they ever try, now they, I know the, the, there's something in contracts and people's wills, believe it or not, that they cannot remake yeah. Back to the Future because oh, I think oh, that's an, one me. not to touch. But Bob oh, Gale, next. I think, is... Uh, well, I don't know because Bob Gale and uh, you know Bob Zemeckis have the the rights to 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 whether it can be done, and they've said sort of no that, that there's yeah. something legally they put in place so it can't be done. But I fear Dre that someone somewhere they really want it will find a way. Well, they've done a musical version, haven't they, mm-hmm. of uh, Back to the Future, which I'm kind of quite interested to go in and see, to be honest. So it's currently in London at the moment. We're, uh, neither James or I are anywhere near London. So um, we're, it's not even middle, it's not even between the two of us, is it really? No. But um, yeah, it's it's probably about three hours away from me because uh, I'm a lot further south. But um yeah, I, I, you know, when I saw that actually it was on as a musical, I thought mm, I wouldn't actually mind going to seeing that. To be honest, it's supposed to be very good. It's it's a point yeah. of pain for me that I I could have seen it when it originally did its run in Manchester where it was first launched, but there yeah. were various problems. So it's it's a bit of a, an old uh, you know arrow in the heart for me the fact that I've not actually been able to see it. But around oh, the time should it, we meet up in London? Well, we could because around the time yeah. it was it was going to be coming out, <laughs> I'd actually seen Bob Gale in London. Uh, you were with me, Jim, yep. but I don't think we were at a comic convention, uh, but we'd not. You went there with me when I spoke to him, but it's around the time it was just before it came out, a few months, I think, or maybe a bit more, and he was sort of gushing yeah. how great it was, and lo and behold, it's got very good reviews. So Yeah, so so that can be the end of it. That can be, you know, the musical form of it is fine, um, and that's it. <laughs> Don't worry. When they try and remake it, or, you know, it'd have to be fairly soon, but if they try and remake it, it would be like, you know, Justin Bieber. <laughs> Oh, God, don't say it out loud. They might hear you. They might hear you, James. Don't say it out loud. Oh, Oh, God forbid, Ed Sheeran. Oh, God, now we're going from bad to worse. Oh, good gravy. Have the gods no mercy. Oh, no. Oh, no. The chaos. 
Oh, good <laughs> grief. Yeah, that's definitely Drake, how are you? Oh, sorry. Uh, the good thing about this is that if anybody speaks over each other, it's all good because this is a separate audio, so it's all good. But uh, I was going to say, Dre, how are you doing with um, with regards to time? Are you oh all- no, I got I got time, baby. You just tell me what what, what yeah. What the okay, is. no, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's cool. It's just um, I was just you know I was just noticing like we've nearly been talking for an hour and a half, nearly two hours, which is amazing, and I've really enjoyed it. So you know, um, but you know, I didn't want you thinking. Ah, uh, I really kind of need to go to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the beauty thing, Jim. I don't like going out, so it's all good. So I, if I need ah. to order something, I order it online. I have technology. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fantastic. Well, in that case, then we've got 20 more questions. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Can I steal one of yours, James? You certainly can. You certainly can. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Um, so I was gonna say, what is your fan base like, and what interaction do you have with them? So my, f- I know oh, you. Oh, go ahead, please. I'm sorry. Bit- go ahead, Jack. No, 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 you're, you're okay. Um, I was going to say, obviously, you know, when you, 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 you've got this Comic-Con side of things, but obviously sort of outside of that as well. Okay, cool. Um, so l- luckily for me, I've been, I've been a lucky one. I've, I have a hybrid fan base. Um, um, and what that means is that I have fans from the comic side of things that I do. And also, um, my extracurricular YouTube or other activities thing side that I do. Mm-hmm. And so they usually interlink with each other. Um, and the majority of my fan base, um, the majority of them are very, very kind and very, very, and they've been very, very good to me. Been very, very good to me. Um, there's always riffraffs here and there, obviously, you know, that's just the way that there's always gotta be somebody that's toxic. Um, but yeah. the majority of my fans have been really good. They've been really supportive. Um, they come out to, um, when I did events, they would come out in, uh, in droves. Um, there was one event I did in, uh, that, that's, let me see, a relatively distance. Like, you heard of Baltimore, Maryland. Like, it was yeah, near, yeah. it was near there. Yep. It was near that area. And of course, I live in DC, so that's not really right next door. Um, but I had a really, really, really good turnout uh, for all my like fans that know me online or whatever the case may be. They all came and like told me how much they love my books and all much they love, love the things that I'm doing, how they're, how they're Aww. giving it to their children and stuff like that. And like, 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 like it was one, one guy, he came and he was like, he's like, Hey, I, I bought your original comic book. Can you please sign it for me? I said, I said, my friend, it would be my honor to sign it for you. And so, like, I signed it, and he was like, and he, like, he just had his daughter. He just had his daughter. He had a, a younger, well, older son than his daughter. Um, he, and he's like, he's like, I read your books to my son at night for bedtime stories. And I'm like, yo, that's dope. I'm like, yeah. that is really cool. And he, he's like, yeah. he's like, he wants me to read it to him every day. I'm like, yo, I was like, that touched my soul. You know, yeah, it really touched my soul because usually. The stuff I write is for everybody. You know what I mean? It's for everybody. It's for like hardcore comic people. It's for uh, younger viewers. It's for um, uh, people that love traditional storytelling. Like, like I, I wrote a series that would appeal to those type of groups and demographic. And to see that 
um, a particular reader loved it so much that he shared it with his son. And now his son wants to have my books read to him for bedtime story. It's, it is, it is, it's freaking amazing. It's freaking amazing. And then like, I just, um, started shipping out like issue five of the series that I had some prints and that, that I finally was able to deliver out to the, the newsletter. And, and like the, the response has been tremendous. Like everybody that's responded to me and it seems to be, I'm attracting, which was very strange to me, a very younger demographic, which I did not expect. I was expecting people of the, you know, late twenties to forties, you know, group that's used to that type of traditional action, adventure, storytelling, whatever. But I'm attracting a lot of young people and I'm like, yo, I'm feeling really good about this. Um, yeah, that I'm touching the hearts of kids and like, like, uh, my nephew now, he wants to be a writer now and he's eight years old. And so he, you know, he wants to be a writer and everything is like him and his father. I send them copies and stuff like that. And now he wants to do it and he's a fan of my work. And so it's, it's, it's so good to see, um, that my work is loved and appreciated. Um, because that's always the point. The point is to have your yeah. work. Um, be loved and for people to like what you do. And it, like, cause it's, it's, it's really awe inspiring to see that somebody gets the point of what you're writing about or, 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 or the fun that you're trying to have or, or maybe a message that you're trying to push. Like, I really, really love the fans that I have. And I love the fact that my fan base is growing. Um, they, my, my yeah. YouTube people are now going over and checking out my book and they're like, Oh, hey, cause I, just start YouTube up again, like in the summer. And, you know, cause I just wanted to do something, you know, keep my thumbs busy to not go crazy. And, and <laughs> it, it, it start and it's starting to grow into something different. And, you know, and now those folks are now like, Hey, I want to read your book. And then th- some of them that have are like, yo, I really like your book. When's the next one coming out? And, you know, it's, it's a really, really, really fun and good experience. I've had a very good experience with my fan base. That's very good That's to amazing. hear. That's very good to hear. Yeah. It's really nice to hear that, well, it's just, it's brilliant to hear, isn't it? Because you know that it's it's touching people, it's having a positive impact. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing that really, honestly, that, that drives me more than anything else is I, 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 there's an expression of man of the people for the people. Like, I... Mm always viewed myself as one of those folks. I never viewed myself as a creative guru or, or, or some of those pious people that look down on people that aren't as creative. That there's a lot of that over here in the States. And yeah, and I've never had that. I've never had that type of arrogant bone. You know what I'm saying? I never had that type of thing. Like, even though like, yeah, am I creative? Yes. Do I think I do good work? Absolutely. But, I never felt that that should be lauded over somebody else or felt like someone, I shouldn't feel like someone could have, couldn't approach me on the street and say, Hey, Dre, what's happening? You, can I take a picture with you? I never felt like that I was above that. I never felt that I was above anything like that. Like, I like being part of the people. I love, I love them. I love them just being like, Hey, Dre's just a normal guy. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that I'm viewed as just a normal guy who can just, you can just reach out to. And a lot of people do. A lot of people reach out to me every single day, whether it's creative or fans. They'll send me IMs on Facebook or whatever. I'm like, hey, I read your book or hey, I saw your YouTube channel. I think what you do is really great. I just wanted to thank you for your work, whatever. And then I respond. And then they're like, wait a minute, you actually respond? I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Do you not? 
do experience that? Like, no. I'm like, oh, sorry to hear that. You know, because yeah. there are a lot of folks, especially unfortunately in the writers in the writing community, there is a lot of pride and a lot of arrogance. There is a lot of it, and mm-hmm. I've met people that are of my creative circle, and they, you know, think think they're the bee's knees. They think the mm-hmm. second, like the second coming of Christ. I'm like, yo, um, tune it down, bruh. Like, like, look, yeah. we're all all in, in this together, and I love my fans. I love I I love interacting with the fans. And like even people that like are trying to get into the industry or trying to write or draw for the first time, or whatever, they reach out to me because they feel comfortable enough to be like, "Oh, he's not gonna shun me or not gonna mm-hmm. push me to the side or whatever case may be." I'm like, "No, nah, no, nah, ask me your questions. If I can ask, if I can answer them, please ask. Um, or if I don't know the answer, I can direct you to somebody that might be able to have the right answer for you." So it's it's a really cool experience. So I've really really enjoyed uh, my fan interaction. Oh, that, that's oh, that is so nice and so refreshing to hear. It is. It really is, and really it's is. not just America. There's a lot of ego over in this country as well, and I'm sure that there is in many other countries as well. But uh, yeah, um, I know what you mean with regards to like people, you know, not bothering with their fans and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, it's so sucks. refreshing. I really think that sucks. Yeah, because you're you're nothing without your fans. I never exactly. understood the arrogance yeah. of I'm above them. What are you stupid? Without them, you have yeah. nothing. <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> I totally get where you're coming from because you, uh, I, no names will be given, but I have experienced, I've certainly seen at conventions the people who you know they don't want to be there, the guests, that they just mm. do not want to be there or be around the people. And you're thinking, well, why have you actually come to this? It can only be financial, but really, do you need the money that much that you? Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, not great, but yeah, it is true. You, your fan base, whoever they are, whatever you're doing, they are the people yeah. who made you. And unfortunately, quite they can unmake you. Um, exactly, and that's true. Why would you not want to reach out? I mean, what you are doing is brilliant, Dre. You reach out, you communicate with people, and it will mean a hell of a lot to people. So it is a yes. good thing that you're doing it. It's and it's, I just, I, I don't know. It just bothers me so much that the I, I, the arrogance of creators that really bothers me because, like, like me, mm. I'm small fish. I know I'm small fish, I, without question. I'm small fish, but to somebody else. I'm a much bigger fish because to them, I'm bigger than them. Mm-hmm. But to me, yeah. I don't see it that way. I, d- I see it as, hey, you can have what I have. Just, hey, this is how you can get it. This is how you can do it. And like, that's why, like, well, first of all, I, I didn't get, I didn't do this earlier and shame on me. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you. I know. For, I was waiting. Thank you for having <laughs> me. You know, like, like, because I, it, um, I, like, I do, Everybody, just about everybody that reaches out to me that has a podcast, I am more than willing to jump on it because, like, it's not even just about like exposure for myself, whatever the case may be. Like, no, because, like, I believe in the media community, the indie media community. I believe in it, whether it's on YouTube or, or another type of podcast type or, or a comics podcast. Like, I've done a bunch of them. 
and and I've done a whole bunch of interviews, but then some some folks that I've done interviews with, um, which which is crazy because sometimes I interview other independent creators on my YouTube channel, and they say the same thing. They say, "Trey, we heard you were really nice, but we didn't think you were this nice." I'm like, "What? I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you? I'm like, like, I'm like, what is what is happening out there? I'm like, what is going on? Because like like <laughs> it's like my reputation is very good as it should be." Yeah. But it's just it's just insane that it's like like oh my god everybody said that you were the nicest guy to do interviews you're the nicest guy that comes on people's podcasts he said but I didn't expect you to be really really this nice and this kind and this cool I'm like you've been interviewing with the wrong people you've been <laughs> yeah you've been you you've been hoodwinked and bamboozled <laughs> because I, I'm not nice or above the rest no this is what a normal person should be speaking like <laughs> like this isn't i'm not an exception to the rule like this is how it's supposed to be and and, yeah. I, and i find so more often that i'm apologizing on the behalf of other creators i'm like like, like man i am so sorry that you dealt with this schmuck I'm like, like, yo, like, I'm sorry you had this experience, and it's not fair to you that you have well, to go through that. <laughs> the reality is, for people who are listening, you need to take a, a leaf out of Dre's book. That's the reality of how things should be. Take a leaf out of Dre's book. <laughs> yeah. But I think also, I think I sort of said it earlier as well, but it it's refreshing it's just refreshing to speak to somebody because well you know both me and james we're pretty laid back kind of people you know like we'll just we we love chatting to people obviously the hence the the platform that we're doing mm, you know kind exactly. of thing but uh, and also we love hearing people's story which yeah. you know it, we should also say thank you to you yeah, for coming I'm, on the show. As soon as you said thank you for you know to us, I'm thinking no way, man. Thank you to you. <laughs> but it is is just so you know it's just chilled out. It's like refreshing to talk to you in the sense that you know I feel as though we've known each other for years rather than just you know a couple of hours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's exactly. really nice to just chat. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the way it's supposed to feel. I don't think anybody should yeah. feel like, oh, I better say the right things or, or someone should feel yeah. uptight when it comes to just sitting back and talking and chilling on your platforms. I, I don't, I don't think it should be that way. Now, granted, I have found myself in those type of situations before and it is mm -hmm. crap. And I hated <laughs> it. I was like, I said, let me just stand up straight and. Like, like I thought I was in grade school. I'm like, like yo, like let me just answer these questions so I can get up out of here and, and yeah. make myself a hot pocket or something. I said, because this is getting rough. Where's my rum? I, I don't know. I, just, I can't. I don't know. I can sit around and wait for this to get through. But but it's but that's the experience that everyone should be doing. Everyone should be cool and chilled. I just yep. never understood why being arrogant and mean. You felt like that is the way it's supposed to be done. Y'all been watching not too yet. many Devil Wears Prada because that is not how real life works. Because that and and it's 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 insane, especially when in reality, especially when you're independent, you're a small fish. You're yeah. a small fish. Chillax, <laughs> bruh. Chillax. It's just weird. I do. 
I was going to say, I do love the fact that you keep referencing a fish on, you know, on a podcast that's got a logo of a fish. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you know what cod swallop means, by the way? Cod swallop. No, I do not know what that means. (laughs) I love how Americans say swallop. I was going to say that. I love the American pronunciation of cod swallops. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the fact that you, sorry, just attempted to do a slight British accent there. But I I can't give you full credit. I'm sorry. I'll take take 50%. I'll take it. Yeah, partial credit. Partial credit. Yeah. You got any idea what it could mean? No clue. Okay. Well, basically... There is a PG version and then there's the next rated version. <laughs> All right, is it? So, um, well, it's it's basically talking. Um, well, it's Codswallop means crap and rubbish, kind of that kind of thing. So, like, obviously, the fact that we put talking and Codswallop together, so we're talking rubbish, ah, we're talking crap, you know, kind of thing. But um, girl, I like it. Yeah, I know. yeah, it's her. It's all her. Brain. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm it's not gonna be humble hers. right now, but. It's yeah. all her creation. It's not. Remember, I was brought on. She created this wonderful thing prior to to, to like anything. It. I and like wordplay. When you were talking about the example of being a good person, and that's the way you should uh, should be, Gemma will sometimes joke that I don't give her enough praise, but I'm going to be very, very sincere and honest here, which is when you talk about reaching out and having a positive response, the first time I ever spoke to her, Gemma was completely out of the blue, wanting to talk to her about podcasting. She took the time to talk to me, didn't have a clue who I was, knew nothing about me, was good enough to bring me onto a podcast to talk to me about things, and then... She was good enough to let to, to to ask me to come on and be a co-host. So she, both you, Dre, and her are prime examples of being good to people and how it is Thank the you, right James. thing to do. Yeah, and that's the point. Like rising tide raises all ships. I mean, this is not mm. hard to put together. You know what I'm saying? Like, if mm. we all work together, we'll all get to where we're supposed to be. It's <laughs> it's it's not that yeah. complicated, but here we are people with the arrogance and weirdness it's just man, it's just strange i don't know maybe it's the human so, condition ow. i don't know yeah <laughs> so <laughs> we've talked about the good things you should do dre and we've talked about the good things uh, well the, the good stuff you've done if you could swap places with somebody for a day say for a day who would it be and why so swap with anyone like like my mind in their body or how how is yeah that? well yeah proper yeah, freaky friday moment okay. I like the idea okay that. so a free so a freaky friday type bit okay okay yes ooh, that's a good ooh okay all right i am but if it's a lady you're not allowed to touch her boobies <laughs> come on jim you got to give me something here you got to give me a little wiggle room <laughs> so no um so my hero growing up as a child, I was a huge, oh, just a little bit of background. I, for many years, have been a practitioner of martial arts. For many years. Ah, cool. A practitioner of martial arts, North American wrestling, sambo, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and a little bit of striking here and there. So I used to love watching Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Okay. Ah, okay. Um, so... I would love to be Jean-Claude Van Damme for a day. Now, for, for just for reference purpose, 
in Belgium, he is practically Jesus. So I would like to trade, just be him for a day and just walk through the streets of Belgium and see all mm-hmm. the great statues and having all the people come and high five me because I can do splits in the air and roundhouse <laughs> kicks and all types of, you know, cool. And like, I have a bazillion black belts hanging around my mansion. Like, like, I would just love to have the experience of being someone that I admired as a kid. I would love mm-hmm. to just have, just to be in his shoes for a day. Like, what's it like to be Jean-Claude? Because once again, he's one of those famous people that are, it's very, very kind and very, very nice um, to all the people that he comes in contact with and, and love for his fans. Like, and I would love to be, feel like what it's like to be that kind of status of a person that's a genuinely good person and seeing how people will react. I would, I would love to experience that. Like, I know a lot of people like to trade places with, I don't know, Bill Gates or Jay-Z or something to have infinity billion dollars or whatever the case may be. But I would love to be in the shoes of a famous person that is legitimately kind and good. And not to, not to mention that he is one of my childhood idols. I actually, actually have like all of his movies like lined up on my wall because I am a nerd completely. And I, (laughs) I would love to be him for a day just to see what it's like to, to, to feel that. Cool. Have you met him? Oh my God. I wish. Oh my, it's like, see, I don't get starstruck very easy. Um, mm. but Jean-Claude will be that, that one. Now I'm like, oh my God, I wet myself. You know, it's like, he's that guy. Like he is the exception to the rule. Like I've met, fa- like, like living in DC, I'm around a lot of famous people. Mm-hmm. All our sports stars are here. DC is not a very big place. Not at yeah. all. DC is like the size of your thumbnail. Like literally, it's tiny. So you'll run into like, uh, people that play football, uh, excuse me, <laughs> American football. Sorry about that. American football. Uh, <laughs> we knew what you meant. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and basketball players and stuff like 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 that's a normal or congressman, but nobody wants to see them, so who cares? But like like <laughs> like, like famous people like that, you'll bump into them, and like like the hockey team like like there's Alex Ovechkin who's like one of the greatest hockey players of all time that plays for the Washington that plays for the Washington Capitals. I bumped into him at a daggone restaurant. Nice guy, but it's not mm. a big yeah. deal to me. It's like, "Oh, look, it's Alex Ovechkin." Hey, and I moved on with my day. But if I mm-hmm. saw Jean-Claude Van Damme in the flesh, I might scream like a little girl. I well, might just he, go on screen. Uh, uh, yeah, he does do events. He does. There are yeah. things that he does. So the the option, I think, is open to you, Dre. Yeah, but a lot of his stuff is in Europe. You know what I mean? Remember, Europe's right next door to you. But for me, that's five mm. trillion miles away. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that, but I'm sure there's something he'd do in the US that you can yeah, go to. But I we'll do see. get it about. I do get it about meeting famous people. I've met a few of yeah. them, and there are some that have. I've met some that have meant a lot to me. Where you pinch yourself because you're thinking these are people who've been around from my childhood. Um, but the one that still strangely was the only one that really had me going a what the heck. I used much stronger language than what the heck. <laughs> but I turned to my friend who's met other famous people around me. But I turned to my friend who went holy fill in the swear word mm-hmm. i've just met kevin smith and he's still the big one where i was like i don't 
Yeah. I've met people who are much more famous than him, but I was just like, whoa, that just, yeah, it's still the one that absolutely floored me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same for me. Oh, who did you meet, Jim? Um, well, the same person, so Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. Um, the, yeah, the, do you know who, it, sorry, not to assume, but um, do you know Kevin yes, Smith's Yes, 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 I, I'm yeah, aware of who okay. Kevin yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, and a lot of people are, but then there's still that majority of people that aren't as yeah. well. So you, you look know, at you blankly sure. go, who? <laughs> no, Mole not rats? Kevin James. Oh no, God, not <laughs> James. Oh lord, around there, go like mole rats, clerks, yeah, dog. Yeah. No, it's not ringing a bell. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. King of the nerds. But, nothing, nothing like that. None of that rings rings any bells. All right then. Well, <laughs> but now I actually met Kevin Smith at a comic con, oh. and oh. I had a photo taken with him, and um. I was literally shaking like a leaf because I was, I was really excited, but I was also kind of, um, nervous. I, I, I'm quite the same like yourself, uh, Dre, that I, not, not our Dre, <laughs> Dre. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, that basically, you know, I, I don't really get starstruck or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I'm respectful and whatnot, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal for me, but, yeah, when it came to Kevin Smith, I was I was shaking like a leaf, you know, like with excitement. My friend Lucy, who was with me in the queue, you know, um, she, I, I pushed her in front of me because I was like, I'm not quite ready. You have to go first. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. But, That's yeah. Cool. And he was just as I imagined him to be as well, which was the the icing on the cake, really. So he's, again, he's another one that's very humble and very uh, a nice guy. So, you know. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad you had that type of experience. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah, touch touch wood. So far, I've not met a bad celebrity. Touch wood. I've not met anybody who's... Not been been good with me, so uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm you're, keeping you're my fingers crossed. You're lucky. Don't go on be sports stars. Dre- oh, I was going to say, Dre, is there a story there? Oh <laughs> uh, boy! Look, so my father, my father um, used to drive limousines um, here in, ah. in the city. Um, so his company used to be contracted to work with uh, um, a lot of the sports teams. So, like the Washington mm-hmm. Redskins, um, the I don't think the Capitals were back yet. Yeah, the Capitals were back. So the Capitals were back. The Nationals weren't back over here yet. So the Capitals, the Wizards. So like, so all the DC sports team they were con- they were contracted with my my dad's company, and he would drive them around. And also, he was contracted with those stadiums. So like, so let's say like a musical artist is is performing in a stadium or whatever. Dad would be picking mm-hmm. these people up and he'd interact with them. So a couple of times when I was young, um, I would I would go with him. On no sh- chauffeur thing, so it was really cool. So I'm like, oh my god, yeah. I'm a, I'm a meet all these. Like he was like, hey, I'm gonna go pick up uh, the defensive line for the Washington uh, for for the Redskins. I was like, oh snap, it's gonna be great. Like oh my god, I'm gonna meet all, all, all the all these great players. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna wet myself. It's gonna be awesome. And <laughs> so my daddy goes and picks them up. All these giant, massive, hmm. monster behemoth of men, and then they were cold and they were callous Mm. and i was like uh i don't know how to react like i thought you guys Mm. were cool because i see you on tv you're slapping hands you're you know fist bumping all that stuff but but in reality you're really cold and callous so i was kind of deterred so i'm like maybe they just suck and that was what i said in my head maybe they just suck so then my dad had picked up um 
well, another day I went with him. He said, Hey, dad. He's, he's like, Hey, son, come with me. We're going to go for another ride. I said, Oh, right. Great. Another time to meet somebody famous. There used to be a musical artist by the name of Maya. You probably don't yeah. know who she is. I know I've heard of Maya. Yeah. Yeah. She was famous in like the 90s, you know, whatever, whatever. So she, so we went, picked her up and she was the meanest lady I have ever came in contact with. She was mean, rude. I was so, I like one, I ain't like her music anyway, but I was really upset because one, I didn't like seeing my dad get mistreated. That's first and foremost. Yeah. And secondly, I think that's what sparked in me the idea of being good to your fans. I think that's where that spark came from because she was so mm-hmm. mean and so yeah. callous. And then like me, I was raised by to see like, oh, maybe the brighter side of things. I was like, maybe she had a bad day. Maybe she had a bad performance or something, whatever. But no, hmm. she had a history of mistreating like her help or like chauffeurs yeah. or people she interacted with. And guess what? She lost her fan base and now she's nowhere to be yeah. seen as she should yeah. be because she's mean and nasty and callous. And when I saw, when I experienced these things with these famous people, it really turned me off from wanting to interact with them. Or, or when to meet them. Like, like we have the expression, I don't know if y'all have it over there, you never meet your heroes. Yeah. You have that we expression. Do. We yeah, do. Okay. We yeah. So, so we have that expression because there was such a reputation of stars and famous people being just so mean and callous and like the illusion that you have for them of them being really cool and nice and warm and fuzzy. It will all be eroded because so many of them were like that. And I think yeah. I vowed that day. That's like, yo, if I ever become famous, I will never be like these people. Like, I would never want to be like this. Like, this was, this was uncomfortable and it was weird and it, and it was completely unnecessary. Why can't we all just be cool and chilling? I don't get it. And so that's, that's just where it came from. So I don't know why, where I was even going with it. I just went on a daggone tangent, but, but yeah, it's all, right. it's, it's, it's all good, it's, dude. Uh, yeah, it's just like I I I hate that so much. <laughs> I hate it so much. Is and and yeah. So yes, that was my bad experience with um a famous person, and I I was like, no, never again. I I, I won't I won't deal with it. But that was when I was I was a kid then. But but then I was exposed to um the in depth of the comic community. And it was so much better. So much, it's a whole lot, much better atmosphere. Like you, like, like you mean Kevin Smith? I, I assume that he's a very, very cool guy. I assume he was. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. most comic people, most comic people that are famous are really cool people. Are really cool people. Yeah. And so I can see him being that way or people that go to comic cons and stuff like that or, or people that play superheroes that go to actually the cons and stuff like that. Usually they're very nice. Like I met Matt, Matt, uh, Manu Bennett, who, um, he was in uh, this show called Spartacus, and he was in uh, um, yeah, um, Arrow on the CW. He played Deathstroke. Like, like he was really, really nice guy, really kind. Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, so and I think that's the way it's supposed to be. But the majority of them ain't like that. So you know, it is what it is. Well, but do you know why? I was going to say that you know when you've got the the horrible people out there that when you do get a truly good person they their light shines out really and shines through. truly it's true so there you go it's true you know, that yeah what, what what I also wondered Rose when you were talking about um, 
the, the comic comics, obviously in the comic community, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh my, <laughs> oh my, oh my. Ooh. Mm. See, mm. I think first ability I would want, if I could only pick one, I would want to use 100% of my brain. I think that is what the power I would want. Because with 100% of my brain, I can literally just create anything. I could then create a machine to give myself more powers. Damn, that's a good answer. You know what I mean? Because like I'd I'd have a flawless memory, flawless mathematician, flawless physics, flawless science, and then – literally become whatever I want to become. God, that's a good answer. Although, did we all see, I can't remember what the film's called, but the um, Scarlett Johansson film um, Limitless? Where she was that it? Pardon? Was it Limitless? I feel like there was something about that. There's a movie yeah, called there was, Limitless or TV show? Yeah, I think I think it was that one actually. I can't remember exactly, but I remember that her, that she was basically, she had to go away and um, she uh, sorry, there there was this Lucy, um, Lucy, Lucy. That's it, Gemma. That's Lucy. it. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we've all seen Lucy, and uh, yeah, and the fact that you know she used a hundred percent of her brain, and then she became a computer. So, <laughs> I, I guess be careful. <laughs> and and I, I mean, but that's I mean, for me, I think that would be the bee's knees. But when we really think about like the human condition, we're all trying to mm. become computers anyway. That's what we yeah. That's yeah. What we got. Yeah, that's all we really want to do. We want to live forever. We want to be able to solve every problem ever. Look at every movie ever made from like year nineteen forty forward that deals with machines. We want machine. Yeah. We want machines to take over our lives so we can be perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? But imagine if yeah. we, our brains were already there, and then we can just create our own thing. We think about the idea of creating a formula that reverses the aging process because your brain is flawless you'll be able to actually make the perfect dna strand to make us all young that's freaking dope that is insane yeah. that is absolutely insane yeah, yeah. i should write that. the other i think the I other think thing I yes this. i do uh yeah start start writing now but i think the other thing is they say you were working 100 percent brain ability you You'd be able to solve all these things, but you also don't know what else you could do. Exactly. You could end up with superpowers. You're not even aware of that. They always say, don't like telekinesis and things could come from extra brain power and extra brain usage. So that's a bloody good answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Telepathy. You might just get that off the jump. Yeah. Ooh. Well, if this ever happens and you you do actually manage to get the superpower, I would like you to come back on and tell us how your experience is, okay? <laughs> you have my Share word, your Jen. knowledge with us. You, you, you'll have the exclusive. You'd have the exclusive. Yeah. Okay, thank you. But the thing is, Jim, Dre may not even need to, you know, actually come on and tell us with the mental abilities. You might be able to just will it to us. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Just maybe. Maybe. I'd be like, Jim, James. Stray, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay, brilliant, but we can't portray this to the salty. Ta- oh yeah, our listeners are called salty tadpoles, by the salty way. Salty tadpoles. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, all right. It's yeah. a little bit. No, dodgy. look, Jim, Jim, I'm a huge fan of gimmicks. Okay, I yeah. love gimmicks, and you all got a good one. I yeah. like a good gimmick, one hundred percent. 
I like it. Salty <laughs> tadpoles. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. I'm all in. I'm all in. That's freaking sweet. Well, we are all salty tadpoles. Event, you know, like we are all made of salty tadpoles. <laughs> get right down to it. When yeah. you get yeah. right down to it, you ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, I won't quite. Uh, I won't use the, the the quite vulgar description somebody uh, once said when I said, "Well, Alex, salty tadpoles." You're like, so basically, you, you're saying your listeners are filling the blank space. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing that James isn't swearing. So does that mean Drake? You don't like swearing? Because I'm pretty certain I've already sworn oh, a couple of times. No, no, you all feel free to do whatever. Like, like me, I'm not a big swearer that's not really my thing yeah but i, no, I, don't, we don't. I don't have no yeah. i have no qualms with folks and language they use i, I really to I, be fair really don't care. i've sworn yeah. twice i've said bloody that is a swear word here so <laughs> oh that's right it is a swear over there that's <laughs> right it's a curse word so it yeah. is a curse word look at you potty mouth over there oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, pg-13 james shocking, shocking. <laughs> i'm getting us taken off the chart <laughs> yeah to describe the podcast i was pretty sure i said oh it's crap it's shit you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go that's cool so dre what are the future kind of plans for 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 you know your, your comic book uh work that you're doing and your youtube channel what what have you got in place for the future okay that's a fine fine question um so for brutal plant comics um my regular comic production company um, I've been producing the comic uh, Treble, um, The Rhythm Within. Um, it is it's going to be an eight issue run, but I've I've just released. Well, I've I've already released a couple months back the fifth issue. I'm actually producing issue number six now. Um, so I'm very excited about that. It's hit a couple of bumps, but this one's gonna. I'm hoping hoping to release this around christmas but that might be a long shot but um so that's what's going on that front um youtube um i um i well what's gonna happen is this so i'll be doing a couple of more um youtube interviews for my segment the indie corner um mm -hmm. i'll probably have a couple more and then i'm gonna end that season in uh uh, at the end of November. So I think November right. 24th, I'm going to end the season of Indie Corner to give myself a little break. Uh, um, and I might be ending the season for, um, uh, Brutal Rant, which is my one I release every Monday in which I just talk about something, uh, uh, like in the comic book industry or a movie or something in which I really liked or really didn't like. And like my whole take on things, um, I might be wrapping up that season soon. I'm still deciding cause I might, I might keep it up till December cause I want to do a review on Spider-Man. Yes. I thought you might say that. <laughs> yeah. So I might, I was thinking about ending it this month as well, but I, there's no way I can pass up the opportunity uh, to sit around and talk about Spider-Man. So I probably will probably, um, a couple weeks into December, I probably, I'll, I'll probably make that the series finale, um, for, mm -hmm. uh, for, for the, for the show, um, series, excuse me, the season finale, um, for that, for that, uh, for this year. And then I'll probably take a few weeks off, but, um, but I'm, but I'm really focusing. Well, usually I also, I'm going to be focusing a lot on my comic production next couple months. Well, next couple months or so. 
to really give my uh, attention on it uh, so I can uh, get trouble number six up and running the way I wanted to. Um, oh, well, I guess I never really explained what, what the book is actually about now that I really think about it. Um, yeah, I didn't. Um, so basically, um, the whole story <laughs> arc is it, it questions what would happen if a different genre of music gave you superpowers? That's pretty oh, much nice. the premise. The premise is yeah. this. So basically, a mutagen is poisoned on Washington, D.C.'s water source. Um, but the mutagen has actually caused a transformation in people that have O negative blood types. Um, so those with O negative blood, which in Washington, D.C., is a very small um, percentage. Um, okay. so therefore you're able to, you know, minimize how many, how many rogues gallery enemies you have. So you can have just a few, um, because it's not a very rare, I mean, it's a very rare blood type in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, so my main character, Zamir Green, which, um, Zamir, um, means songbird. Okay. He has O negative blood and contracts the disease and mm -hmm. he is a DJ. Uh, so his powers began to manifest while he was DJing a party and he began to absorb all of the sound waves. Wow. Um, so when he absorbed all the sound waves, he passes out. But then when he wakes up, he wakes up in the hospital and him and his best friend, he listens to some music and his body actually transforms. So every genre of music has a different transformation. And I base it off of the mental, emotional and stereotypical view of what people view music as. So, for instance, if you if he listens to rock music, he becomes more aggressive. He gets energy. Mm -hmm. He gets stamina boost and increased in strength, and he gets physically massive. Yeah, it's like that. If he listens to classical music, his his head increases fivefold, and he gets um, telepathy, telekinesis, and um, he becomes a snob. Uh, okay. It's, it's so it kind of works like that, and it's it's a really nice little fun story because it's a little bit of a mystery for him, but not really the audience mm -hmm. mystery um, of to why the water has been poisoned, and there's also a sub mystery on why everyone else who was poisoned by the water had negative side effects, but Zamir didn't. Mm. So it's it's a twofold mystery. It's like, hey, why did this happen? And how come this guy is okay? And is constantly questioned by the main antagonist throughout the series of like, yo, why is he not sick or had to be operated on or, or, or any of these things after the, after, uh, coming in contact with the mutagen? Like, why is that? And then at the end, it is revealed why he, uh, why he, was impervious to the negative effects. I think the twist is actually very, very good. Um, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of, it's one of the finer twists I've made in quite some time. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be good. And, and like, it's episodical. Um, it's episodical. So it's like, it, it, it reads like a graphic novel. Um, they're, they, re they're released in singles, but they, but they feel like a graphic novel chapter by chapter. And that's how, that's how I like to, do my my storytelling so it's um so i'm really looking forward to that um and that was trouble the rhythm within um it's uh it's, it's really fun 
but I'm also in the midst that- of writing my next series as well. So it's it's pretty good. You know how I said at the beginning that I um, don't tend to read comic books because I've got an addictive personality. Well, thank you very much, because it seems that I'm having to collect yours now. <laughs> no, that honestly, that sounds absolutely incredible. Oh, thank you, Jim. Thank it you so really much. Does. I really do appreciate that. Can, yeah. can we get a bit of a scoop, Dre, on what your next one's going to be about? Absolutely. I'm going to... I'll break it down for you, but a little spoiler-free, but... Yeah, um, oh, yeah. Spoiler-free is... It's spoiler-free. Yeah. Um, so there's an aftermath um, of the end of the first series, um, and it's going to be called Trouble. That's, you know, obviously the title. It's going to be called Rise of the Children. Now... The chill oh. comes from um, the virus that he contracts is called the chills. That is the virus mm. I've called it that causes the mutation. Okay. So now this one is going to be all about the villains. This this mm. one is about the after. So the first series is all about him and him under uh, like figuring out the mystery and all that stuff. Once the twist is revealed at the end of the f- of issue eight. It's going to spawn off a whole lot of questions and chaos that I know my readers are going to love. And this one is focusing so so much on the twist at the end of the first series. You're going to get a whole new, whole new rogues gallery of a bunch of different villains. Um, It's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be a fight for the soul of Washington, D.C. And it's going to be really, really, really cool. And it's going to be one of those series that the audience is going to be on the edge of their seat because you don't, you really looks like trouble, Zamir, trouble is not going to survive this time. It's, it's really, it's really going to get you there. And like, I'm, I'm inspired. It's more, it's more of the empire strikes back of the series. You know, I, I, my first series, um, the rhythm within is pretty much the star Wars, a new hope version. Like, like, you know, you follow when you're getting to know this Mm -hmm. protagonist, this one is empire strikes back. It's the villain's turn and things are going to hit the fan and it's going to get rough really really rough um for our yeah. hero and i think this will be a series in which the fans really get behind him um primarily because you're going to just see him take l after l after l and you're going to want so badly for him to get a win and he's not going to get it it's it's gonna it's gonna be really good it sounds very good and as you we, we all sort of said earlier everybody loves the villain Mm-hmm. Every, yes. so to see where you go with that it's going to be really interesting yes and um in one of in one of my issues actually two it was a two-parter um issues four and five i actually wrote my favorite character in then it was a villain named shark bait and he is basically he was a guy that has o negative blood but he ended up becoming pretty much you remember the creature of the black lagoon you remember you remember uh, that? yeah yeah, yeah. So more or less a version of that, but he doesn't want to be a monster. He just wants to be, you know, himself, but he seeks yeah. help. But the people that he believed would help him just want to use him as a tool. And so when he escapes, um, trouble finds him at, and what, and there's a part of DC called DuPont Circle where all of, a lot of our major roads meet. 
And so like he's surrounded and he's like begging for help, but no one, all they see is a monster. And Treble is the only one that sees that, hey, this guy actually doesn't want to hurt anybody. He, he just, he just wants to be better. But in the midst of him trying to help him, the uh, shark bait, he gets shot and he don't like that. Not one bit and goes into a berserker rage and just starts tearing the whole city apart and which then forces Trouble's hand to actually have to fight him. It's, mm. it, 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 it was my favorite character to write. Like he, because like I love characters that are forced into roles. I love that sympathy card I get to play. Um, and I get to play that sympathy card. And then we have the, uh, like all the, everybody that got the issue, they were like, yo, why you got to do that to him? I said, look. <laughs> I'm like, look, this is this is how it goes, baby. This is how it goes sometimes. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> and so like, I love that type of storytelling. So I was really excited about that. I'm really excited about the series ongoing. Issue number six is going to be a beautiful homage to um, uh, '90s culture. It's going to be really cool, and um, it really starts bringing things to a head. So I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to it. That sounds like an incredible journey that honestly you're on at the moment. And, uh, you know, I, I think in some ways it's an amazing way to sort of end the episode as well. Cause I, I well, I don't think we could possibly go any further I really. As, as much can. as we'd love, <laughs> as much as we'd love to carry on chatting with you, you know, but <laughs> it's getting late and I need a wee, you know. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, it, no, honestly, it has been amazing. But I was also just going to ask you before we sort of definitely sort of wrap up the sure. episode and whatnot. Um, where, where on social media, websites and whatnot can people find you? buy your books and uh most importantly buy Absolutely. your books so they can reach me on social media at the brute zero zero that's d-a-b-r-u-t-e zero zero on facebook okay. twitter instagram reach out to me say what's up i'd love to hear from everybody it's i, I love i love hearing folks um my comic yeah. you can find it at spinwiz.com or the spinwiz app um all you got to do is type in trouble, T-R-E-B-L-E, and that will that will be it. And then you can – I love to have everybody check it out, um, feedback, all that stuff. I'd love to hear what people love, think about the steer- series. Or if you want to follow me on uh, on YouTube, I'd love, uh, I'd love to hear from folks and check out my videos at um, Brutal Planet Comics on YouTube. I would love to have everybody come holler at me or, or make fun of me. I'm with it. It's 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 all all a really good time. <laughs> well, what I'll do as well is um, I'll probably contact you a bit closer to the time because uh, we are uh, probably release this episode in a couple of weeks' time okay. um, due to the fact that we've got a couple scheduled scheduled already. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll do is I'll get that information and I'll put it in the description notes as well on the episode so that if people are looking they can now find it quite easily then for you awesome thank you jim yeah you're welcome uh james is there anything else that you you wanted to ask i I don't think so i've been quiet because i've just been happily listening to what dre's got to say it's uh (laughs) i've really enjoyed this and thank you for coming on it's been really really good oh man the pleasure was all mine i really really enjoyed talking with you folks you, you guys are awesome if you ever need a guest to come on you just holler at me i'd love to come back and talk shop 
Yep, well, brilliant. I think you would be a great guest for Celluloid Codswallop to discuss films. If you would ever be yes. up to do that, I'd love to absolutely. have you on to my little my little segment. Absolutely, absolutely. If you ever want to talk film, I'm all the way down for that. I love me some movies. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. We we should discuss Batman sometime. Oh God, oh, how much time you got? Anyway, on that note, on that <laughs> <Yeah>. note. <laughs> but no, I'd love. Seriously, I would love if it's on either something I'm doing or you're doing at the up. Option is ever there. The opportunity, sorry, to discuss Batman, something like that would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Just holler at me, my brother. I'd love to jump on with you. Excellent, excellent. Well, in that case, then, James, I think that we've been talking enough Codswallop this week. I've been Gemma. I've been James. And you have been the amazing, the incredible, the awesome Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Let's just say the only Dr. Dre. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well good luck with every project you know that you're working on and um i'm sure it's going to be amazing thank you so, so very much jim and thank you james um for having me on and and, pit- and putting up with my antics this has been a real real pleasure and i've had a lot of fun 